0: So I'm here with a bit of a newbie, go easy on him folks, Uh, he doesn't do this very often Paul, we're going to talk about managers, because United have had four this season How are you doing? Same number of co-hosts
1: this pod's had
0: That's true, yeah What's been more devastating to the uh, institution, Manchester United (laughs) or this podcast?
1: Yeah man, I'm good, Uh, it's nice to speak to you Although I feel radically under-equipped to talk about Manchester United since... The last time we spoke about United in a format that was recorded, I've watched, I reckon, around two and a half to three hours total of the... Well, you get a sense. You get a sense Yeah, yeah, sure. Let me
0: tell you, that sense was not positive. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I'm pretty sure that when Ragnit joined, we were like, wow, is this the first smart thing that this club has done? That's very much my opinion at the time. With hindsight... It looks like they hired someone who hadn't been a manager for 10 years to follow someone yeah. whose greatest achievement was winning the Norwegian league.
1: If you think that was a wildly inaccurate shout, you should listen to our actual season preview at the beginning of the season in our defence that was before they signed Ronaldo and I think the the season took on a fairly different tenor. There's it a did. lot of, there's I know I know we're not talking about this but like listen i've got a platform for my agenda at long last um and i see a lot of people being like oh, everyone's complaining about ronaldo he scored loads of goals where we'd be without him it's like i mean okay before ronaldo came along the dressing room was clearly there were clearly issues in the dressing room it's fair to say but they all kind of coalesced and just about held it together for most of that time and then something changed and now the dressing room is overtly fractured, reactionary like yeah, I mean I'm sure it's not just him I mean, I don't just mean, I'm not saying that as a kind of, to soften what I was saying, I'm sure it isn't just him but yeah, well look, look,
0: before we get on to talking about managers, we can can just kind of have a brief season recap, I, I didn't want to do a long chat about the season which we've done in past years just because it's just it's so fucking tiring, isn't it? Yeah. It's so tiring, isn't it? And... <laughs> yeah, I've I've listened. I've heard <laughs> you. <laughs> you and your new mates. Uh, I don't... I can't, I'm not going to say new dad's better than old dad, but uh, <laughs> new dad gets a bit sweary. More fun for you. Anyway... It's we, let, let's have a little chat about the season because I, I I do think there is a kind of before Ronaldo after Ronaldo sense to it, isn't there? And he scored twenty four goals, which is a lot of goals. You take those goals out of United, and United are probably somewhere near the relegation zone. So they were important sure. goals, and 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 we can't prove the counterfactual, which is if Ronaldo wasn't in the team, would United have actually scored more goals? Because it would have been more of the of the team. Which I I still have the sense of but have no proof for so it's not a very good argument right
1: so. yeah i mean it's 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 an impossible argument to to have and not only because the counterfactual doesn't exist but also like so much in 21st century society uh, people are so utterly entrenched in their world for like to be honest I think he's made a more positive contribution on the pitch than I was expecting in some ways and particularly as the season went on it felt like there were there were games which he was actually kind of taking the game by the scruff of the neck in some ways it almost were, Fernandez yeah. last season ish and and so many of the goals he scored were directly impacting on points this is not Berbatov five goals against Blackburn right in that season he was top scorer this they were these were big goals in big games but you know how many managers would we have had if 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 I mean because the thing that we were talking about loads in the season preview is how directly United signings were addressing weaknesses in the squad position well not in the squad in the first 11 and oh god listening to us talking about Luke Shaw at the beginning of the season it's very sad it's really sad to see what's happened he just had that amazing euros and anyway but yeah that's a digression but the Ronaldo signing was opportunistic and and definitely imbalanced the plan changed the plan for sure Me- meant meant that Solskjaer couldn't really play the way that he wanted to play definitely meant that Ragnik never really like beyond the first 45 minutes of the first game never pressed again right the rest of the season so
0: he eventually said that in one of his press conferences it's 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 very true that you can't really play on a a counter pressing formation with Ronaldo I mean obviously and you can't play on the counter with Ronaldo because he doesn't really have the pace of old so how do you play I mean it has to be it has He'd probably have fit quite well in the Manchester City side right they do counter press but But they're kind of mid-ranked in terms of that they're not Liverpool or Leeds Uh, and they put a lot of square balls across the box and that's kind of what I thought Ronaldo would be but actually what happened was he wanders around the pitch a lot and imbalances things and then he scores a worldie and then he scores a hat-trick against Tottenham or whatever it is or gets a last-minute goal against Villarreal that's absolutely crucial and you're right that he was one of very few at the end of the season and i don't know how much of it was performative that felt like they were really giving something because a lot of them just clearly very clearly turned off mm-hmm. and so which was very sad to see and deeply frustrating and leads people like ralph Ragnick to say that we need 10 new players
1: <laughs> yeah and it's hard to argue with him so th- we Oli Solskjaer was manager of Manchester United he at was. the beginning of this season. Doesn't that feels doesn't, a long go- time ago? Really, really does. And he was coming off the back of you. Was the Europa League final last season? Yeah, it was. Yeah, man, that feels like a long Shit. time ago, doesn't it? The Europa League final was twenty twenty, right? Because and yeah, in this season, no,
0: yeah, because no, 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 Europa... last season twenty 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 one, we lost on the lost on penalties Again. to Villarreal. And in retrospect, Ollie probably should have quit just there and then, shouldn't he? Crazy. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking for some
1: reason, did we get to the semi final the season before or something in the Covid bubbles? Yeah, anyway. We lost to Sevilla, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, and we'd been, we finished second in the league last season. That's right. And one we of only talk-
0: two times we've beaten Klopp and Guardiola. Uh,
1: so there was a, there was a degree of like, Reasonable optimism. I don't think anyone thought all the problems were solved because no, it wasn't. It was. I, I think one of the things we clearly did at the beginning of the season was underestimate Liverpool and not quite see them becoming once again the force that they became this season when they've had yes. a, obviously. And you know, we're recording this
0: before triumph or disaster. Oh God. Don't <laughs> don't want to even think about it. I no, mean, I, I'm sure we did underestimate, underestimate Liverpool, and and what we now know to be true is that COVID really hit their style of play very hard, and their relatively thin squad. And now Klopp, unfortunately, the genius that years has got them being a great team again. Ugh. And then sounds the disgusting other, to say that, doesn't it?
1: The other thing that was kind of like we were taking top four for granted was Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham were managed by Nuno Espirito Santos, and that was not going to work, and it very clearly didn't work. But sadly, they made what was a a very smart decision. Although uh, all the United fans that say why didn't we just get Conte, I, I do feel like I like give load it, up different give it, problems. Give it a season or two and see whether you wish that we'd got Conte. I mean, and then Arsenal have outperformed expectation, but re- really. The reason Arsenal finished above United isn't because Arsenal had an amazing season; no. it's because we were utterly disastrous. So yes,
0: United have finished on zero goal difference, zero. Yeah. My God!
1: I mean, you can like everyone knows what we thought of the Solskjaer time because we talked about it every week, and by the end, by the end, it was the end, right?
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it was definitely it was definitely the end. It, it those how many defeats in a row? I mean, especially the one to Watford, but prior to that Liverpool just a few weeks beforehand that should have been the end so there were definitely a few natural ends, and the dressing room was fractured it wasn't working in the same way I think we now know what the players thought of him basically which is they liked him as a man and didn't think he had much as a coach I'm being unfairly unfairly summarizing there but I think that seems to be the general sentiment since the United dressing room is very leaky increasingly leaky because they don't like being told some home truths I think so uh, he had to come to an end and in retrospect again I think if he'd quit after Villarreal everyone would have said great job Ollie. final of the mm. Europa League took us to second progressed the club from the disaster and the kind of very toxic atmosphere that there was after Jose who's now on to his third club since Manchester United or whatever it is and 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 winning trophies
1: Getting a lot of positive praise for winning the Europa Conference League, by the way. A lot of yeah. Mourinho's back chat out in the football world. Like, oh, again,
0: they, we know what's going to happen. We know what's <laughs> going to happen. We've seen this film and we know how it ends.
1: Yeah, happy for Chris Mallin though, picking up, picking up a wee trophy. And yeah.
0: Mikitarian, who only wins minor European competitions with Josie. So anyway, so Oli had turned it around and I, I think that clearly that was his high watermark and there are there some caveats to that turnaround and, and then United signed Raphael Vran to fix a problem in defence on a reasonable deal and Jadon Sancho, who we'd been chasing for a long time to fix a problem on the right wing who's still left a problem on the right wing and then Ronaldo and that, you know, that had Ronaldo effects
1: And then the other the other thing that like happened after I left, just after I left, and I have to say, I was very happy not to have to talk about it at the time, which I think has had an absolutely massive impact on the club, the squad, the season, the dressing room. We all we all kind of like the news cycle is so short, and especially in football, attention cycles are minuscule, and we just constantly forget about the humanity of the players. I mean, how many times have you listened to football podcasts or whatever, which where someone says, we forget that these people are humans, and yet over and over and over again, because they are constantly kind of presented as robots and we only see them doing their job... Yeah, we just all co- have this collective amnesia about it. But the Greenwood thing, as which obviously we can't talk about in any detail because of not wanting to prejudice anything, the, the the Greenwood thing, I suspect, would have had an enormous bearing on some of those individual players in that. I'm in, sure. In, and s- some of the performances since, like, oh, it's got to be really, really
0: unsettling. And you know, yes, you it, know. it's not talked about, is it? Really, as Never. a as a factor for partly understandable reasons but partly just world moves on and i, I just think about it's a it's a fairly small team there's 25 people whatever who are in the first team squad imagine your workplace and a key member of that probably a popular member a, a key certainly a key member in terms of on the pitch output. performances yeah. output yeah and gets accused of something like that and they or i'm sure they've all heard heard the audio Sure, they have an opinion on it, and yeah, I I imagine it's had a pretty devastating impact. I mean, now of course they're pros and they need to go focus, but but, sure. but but yeah, in the
1: midst of in the midst of all the other fractures and confidence issues, and we've seen a player like Marcus Rashford who's clearly just the the a combination of things that we don't know anything about probably, and the turnover in coaching and the fact that he played with that injury for such a long time just hasn't been the same since who now looks so frighteningly bereft of confidence and so once Solskjaer goes actually Carrick did a really good job of holding it all together and that little yeah. interim How many games was, did he have? Four? Oh, was it four? I think it was four, it was, and four. It, was it, was it played two? One? It was undefeated I think He was um,
0: undefeated and I think he might have won three because he had a be- better record than Giggs, Than Giggs, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to look him up while we're there. Managerial statistics. Played three, won two, draw. Oh, he only played three, drew one. There 66. you go. 66.7% win record. So, yeah. yeah,
1: and Giggs was played four, won two, lost drew one, two. drew one. One, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, something like that. Yeah. But Giggs yeah, is another th-
0: problematic person that we didn't yeah, <laughs> don't talk about much.
1: But Carrick then... Kind of retired or left the club and yes. had the break for the rest of the summer. Isn't retired, but
0: yes, um, which Ragnik really didn't want, and yeah, I think that impacted him. So Carrick goes, Kieran McKenna goes, Martin Pert goes. Three key coaching staff went just as he came in, basically. So yeah. uh, and the Greenwood thing happened when January, Yes, yeah, something like, like, like a month. that. And it was
1: it, it it was like two or three weeks after I stopped.
0: That, yeah, like you
1: know it's like not long after christmas basically
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's a hailstorm of disastrous stuff which we can hold in mitigation for some of the disaster that was the regnik era for sure yeah it's but.
1: it's so weird because like so often on we've talked about mourinho we talked about Solskjaer and the kind of like a lot of expectation and pressure on managers to to do what they're supposed to do and I, this is the first time I've ever looked at a situation and really felt the thing that most people felt all the way through the Mourinho era, through the Solskjaer era, lots of people felt, which is like, what are these players
0: doing? What? Sure, what, yeah. Like, what do they think their job is? Yes, no, I think that's totally fair. I, I still... Dis- my my sympathy levels for ragnik are on a glide path <laughs> for sure downwards but i do still have some th- sympathy for him because i mean and it yeah it is literally his job to find a way of motivating these players and he hasn't been able to do that but the lack of self-awareness amongst this group of players seems sky high and I'm going to lump them all together because there's so few I could pick out and the lack of personal pride just seems really really high and for sure most of these last nine years I haven't gone to that kind of very reductive very simplistic analysis which is it's all the players fault but didn't half look like that for some of these final few games where they are some of the most awful performances I've ever seen. I mean Brighton it, it stands out of course because of the scoreline but just the fact that they just looked so broken and so bereft of any just any desire to do anything even performative and just run around a bit
1: it's it's such a strange thing it's such a strange thing and i think i think we've ended up with a really strange collective like i, I think they've all been through such a weird experience together of like For a lot of people, Manchester United would have represented a sort of pinnacle of hope that they could maybe one day get to and then they've got there and it's just a complete train wreck. But And I do think that one of the reasons that the, the blame on the players weighs heavily for me, responsibility rather than blame, I guess, weighs heavier for me is because of the interim thing. Because there's just this substitute teacher thing about you're going to be with this manager for six months. So if there is if there is a kind of propensity towards unprofessionalism and and they're not a very self-motivated group, they, they need somebody with a lot of authority. And interesting enough, Solskjaer, who doesn't carry himself as a kind of authoritarian, Fergie-esque or Mourinho-esque figure or even in a different way, Pep or Klopp, he actually clearly did carry this degree of authority with the players, even if it was just... They all kind of trusted him and thought he was fundamentally decent, maybe with the exception of Donny van der Beek, who probably thought he was a monster, to be fair. Um, but Donny van der Beek, who I guess is going to be the centrepiece of our midfield next season. I don't know.
0: Yes, the, the slightly underwhelming Everton player. Yeah, joy.
1: Yeah, but he was really good at Ajax with Ten Hag, right? And that's now the barometer, which everyone, yeah. all, all players are judged by.
0: But but uh, I, I do agree that he had Solskjaer. I mean, maybe it's because he was a player in the not too distant past and most of the players could remember him and what he did, not all of them, because it's 23 years ago since 99, folks. Jesus. And, and so he had that credibility in a way that Ragnik doesn't. So no recent trophies or recent managerial credibility, and really definitely any. No, <laughs> yeah, and no, no, definitely no recent playing credibility. So Solskjaer was able to hold it together for many of those reasons, I think, even if the players didn't think his sort of coaching was up to the mark. Uh, and and in in retrospect, although the the time for Oli definitely came to an end, he was holding it together. And then you have a group of players who, who, who aren't looking towards anything. There's no north star that they're playing for there. And and I, I do feel, and I I know I do tend to do this. Another mitigating factor, but you have a club that it doesn't stand for anything, either. And so I was looking it up, and the average wage at Manchester United has doubled since Fergie left. Doubled. And so they have literally been rewarded for failure yeah. every single season.
1: Yeah, they haven't won a trophy since Mourinho since won Mourinho.
0: three in a year. Yeah, um, three. Yeah, three. It's podcast. So you can't hold a, holding <laughs> up holding three fingers. He's holding up five fingers the other night yeah. for his five European trophies. Having previously said none of this is about me, I'm just happy yeah. to
1: make the place. Huh. The the Rangnik thing. How much? How much do you think? actually kind of scorched a manager who's just going to say exact interim manager specifically who's going to say exactly what he thinks tell the club exactly what he thinks have a really honest conversation with ten Hag, have really honest conversations with the players how much do you think there's any chance that seeds something positive for the future and that like some some there'll be some significant value to him in a consultative role or whatever
0: I think I think the problem is he's burnt a lot of his credibility and so football is very short termist and I think it's quite easy for the club to sideline him now. So i it, it, it is it is a complete truism that whatever Ragnik brought as a as a set of capabilities and skills and knowledge and honesty, it was always going to be filtered through the Glazer lens anyway. They micromanaged the club. They were not suddenly going to go. Yeah, okay. Well, here you go, John Murta, Here's your two hundred million pound a year playing budget, or whatever it. Four hundred million pound a year playing budget. Go off and do what you want with it. That was never going to happen anyway. Right. So whatever Ragnit brought would have been filtered through that. I, I think he's he's pushed out into the open. Uh, a lot of stuff we already believed, but obviously he has some level of credibility because he's in the club. And so now it's harder for Murtagh to hide behind, hey, we've got a new signing and everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he'll be able to do that because there will be some new signings, but it will be very exposed if, if there isn't a quite radical change this summer. But of course, the club is going to be very tempted with a new coach to, as, as we heard from Avram Glazer in his minor chat with someone from the BBC this week, it would be very tempting for the club to go, new manager, he can coach his way out of the problem. Which um. is exactly what has happened every single time there's been a new manager. How many now? Yeah, quite a lot. Ten. And and so there will definitely be that temptation. And it could be, if they do that, Eric, 10 months, because it just won't change enough. And I really you, think... you Are you pleased with that one? No, I, I, I don't think I even invented that one. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> so,
0: and, but but it's, like the, it's not hard to make that kind of case, is it? That Unless there's radical change, all the problems that we've seen this year in the dressing room will just be carried over to the new man. Mm. So, right, anyway, a very long way of answering your question. I think Ragnar has exposed all of that and this credibility because he's in the club. Whether the club will react to it, I don't know, because I think internally they'll go, he failed. But there's, I, there's definitely pressure on Murtar now to make it happen.
1: I've always been a total sucker for a press conference. Like, uh, it's one of the things that I, I, with Moyes, with Van Gaal, with Mourinho, um, and even with Solskjaer, the stuff they said in post-match interviews in the press really shaped the times when it got to the point where I was just absolutely fed up with them and just wanted them done. Interestingly yep. enough, David Moyes failed to make Man United finish seventh for the second time in his man- managerial career by not beating Brighton on the last day of the season. I wonder... Thanks, what they David. Are. Thanks, Mati. Uh, yeah. Cheers. The, but Ragnick has... I mean, I, to be honest, I've probably watched more Rannick interviews than Ragnik football, and that's probably the right way round to do it. Because sure. if that guy had a Man United podcast, I would definitely listen to it. Like, he had a lot of very interesting things to say. And his credibility doesn't just come from the fact that he's inside the club his credibility comes from the fact that it it just exudes off him he has uh, a tremendous kind of authenticity and authority
0: when he speaks about a problem he does there's no sense that there's a front what what we have got though is a sense that he's a brilliant analyst around what the problems are at the club and didn't necessarily know how to fix them
1: yeah absolutely. and i just wonder whether
0: all of that honesty and brutal honesty at times Perhaps it got more honest as time went on. Yeah. I, I just wonder how that resonated with the players. Because oh, he's badly. essentially like, saying that five, six or ten of them need to go. So, Yeah, I mean, clearly
1: it resonated very badly with the players. And if he wasn't an interim manager, that would have been suicidal and stupid. Yes, But it's it's the fact that he knew by the time he started really throwing them under the bus, it he knew he was not going to be there and yeah. someone needed to throw these people under the bus because... He was doing a favor for the next guy in a way, but also probably a bit of trying to do his own reputation a bit of a favor as well. The kind of Mourinho, this is finishing second with these is the best achievement of my career, even though, like, the season before he'd finished sixth after signing Paul Pogba and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Like, you know, anyway, this, the the Ragnar and Paul Pogba and people still didn't hate him. Oh,
0: God, if he goes to sea, I'm going into hiding. He's not. He's he's right. not going to go to City. I would I would suffice to say he'd probably be brilliant at City, but I think he's going oh, to yeah. go to Juventus. It seems very right. nailed on. Right. Oh God!
1: So you're telling me what you're telling me is Juventus will have signed Paul Pogba from us on a free transfer twice and sold him yeah. for a hundred million in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's good, uh, good club. Good work, good,
1: lads. We're a good club, very well run. The the intense frustration. With Ragnitz kind of complete, almost I think one of the, the strangest things was he he said that, that stuff about not wanting to put young players in in this very difficult situation. Yes, and it, it felt a bit like.
0: What well, if you got to lose?
1: Yeah, there's nothing what what difficult situation the the slow drift of the season towards nothingness. The other thing that's absolutely like this is I had a very detached view of this. I have to say, for which I was grateful, but. It was extremely evident from the points table and the performances of the North London clubs that if United had just held it together a little bit, like just decided that the season didn't actually end whatever it was the day they lost to whatever game where the gap yep. got opened up. And if they'd just gone for it for the rest of the season.
0: They would have finished fourth. Yeah. It was yeah. there. Yeah. It was there. Did did finish ten points behind Spurs, mind you, but Yeah, because
1: but like how many of those ten points were just them doing absolutely oh, nothing sure. for the last they third lost of the six, season. six
0: away games in a row at the end of the season so yeah just a few performances and it yeah. was there for the taking for sure yeah and that is very very damning of of the players attitude and I think I think wasn't there one interview which David De Gea gave in which he said the season's dead now yeah
1: and that's also damning of the decision to appoint Ragnick, right because it's like Ragnick you're like you're saying he's he's come in, and we like we were really happy about the idea there was some long term thinking and getting a club builder involved and all that was really great, but ultimately like the the club was clearly in a position where top four was extremely attainable and eddie howe would have got united into the top four if we'd appointed him when we i mean almost definitely eddie howe would have got united into the top four right like and it's that's... all about the
0: hard work isn't it with eddie howe <laughs> it's nothing to do with 100 million of saudi blood money uh,
1: well no but the but what he's done is t- t- he's he's taken that team that were absolutely on their uppers brought in a couple of players in January. One of whom is really good. Like one of whom is really good. Yes. United have Ronaldo. Like they've got they've got one really good player in their side. You know, I I I think it's almost nailed on that Eddie Howe would have got United top four from that position.
0: Yeah, and and again looking back, it it's it's obviously been a disaster that Ragnik came in, and he does look like a technocrat club builder. Yeah, who's been asked to do a short-term job? I mean, and and it it it's I know a lot of people have said this, and I think it's Michael Cox. A lot of the time has been very bullish on this, but being proven right that this this was a disaster waiting to happen. A man who's coached for two seasons in the last ten and didn't really mm. want to be a coach, even though he said he did want to be a coach, and moved him in, in yeah, and ended up maybe he isn't even the great club builder because. He was discarded by Red Bull and he ended up at Locomotive Moscow. So... Who's,
1: whose analyst was doing unpaid work for United. Amazing.
0: G- great uh, props to Laurie Whitwell at The Athletic for getting that story. It's a great story. But yes, so the analyst that United have at Carrington wasn't deemed good enough and he was phoning some dude in Moscow. So, Which I guess that got harder as the season progressed. Yeah, might have done, yeah. Some some stuff happening in that part of the world that's yeah extremely upsetting. Just just to add to the tally, right? So shall um, we talk about uh, before we close out Ten Hag? And... Yes, it was very confusing
1: for people who follow Manchester United and cryptocurrency on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yes, that's, he that's... is Eric Ten Hag. And I'm never going to get that guttural last G. It's just pretty not... good. I, I, I it, well, heard... it's not a rolled G, is it? It's a no. It's a guttural sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's hard the for Eric me. So I'm ju- it's Is Eric? I,
1: I, yeah, but I guess it's going to sound really weird if you call him
0: Eric all season. I'm going to call him Eric Ten and yeah. people are just going to have to accept that I've anglicised it. And it's not that I don't know how his name is <laughs> supposed to sound. I just can't say it. OK, so as long as you're not saying
1: people are just going to have to accept that I've anglicised it because we're British. <laughs> That's jolly well the way we yeah. well, do Well, there's
0: it. also that as well. I remi- As uh, listeners know, I live in the States now and I remind my fellow Americans, I was going to say my fellow Americans. Your fellow oh, Americans? No, not quite <laughs> or never. That's a fe- they are still part of the colonies. Uh, and how has it gone for them since independence? Not well, folks, not well. I mean, arguably, they became a, a
1: global superpower for a bit there in between. Yeah,
0: whatever swings and roundabouts. I mean,
1: yes, very much swings and Chinese roundabouts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the
0: well, it was Dutch first. He's then, Dutch. Then he the talked about the process, and then... which was an immediate no from me. Hard <laughs> ah, no, folks. Oh, ah, no. Come
1: on, anything that uh, anything that uh, honestly, the rose-tinted spectacles by which I view the Van Hal era. Not the football. I remember how bad the football was, but just Van Hal being about the gaff. It was pleasing to, to hear that he had responded well to treatment. I was very sad uh, to hear that he'd been as poor as he had. So yes. many good wishes to Louis. He, of course, sent Ten Hag a very clear message which was don't
0: touch it with a barge pole pal yes. i wouldn't
1: touch it with yours pal very <laughs> he... much gave
0: those vibes out yeah very much uh eric obviously uh, um, uh you know a man of his own mind uh did not uh, did not listen and seems excited about the job and has spoke i uh, think his english is fine people have talked about it not being that great but it's yeah. fine he'll he will be able to get his message message across especially with steve being in the background as well. Who
1: speaks fluent Dutch as we've heard in those as press know. conferences? You um, could
0: definitely say Eric Ten Haag.
1: The one thing that I think is a ter- terrifying omen is what's happened to the price of Ethereum since Ten Hag got this job. Like someone somewhere has got some wires crossed and 50% of the value of a giant cryptocurrency with a market cap of like 250 billion has been wiped off
0: because You're Tenhard just worried. Got... You're just complaining because your portfolio has been decimated. <laughs> yeah, listen.
1: <laughs> things happen, but the 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 appointment is a fascinating one. I mean, yeah. he he's he's clearly an impressive man, and he's yes. done great PR already outside Old Trafford, taking photos with people. Like, there's a lot of love for him already. Like on the ground, United, you can see fans are ready to get on board with the Ten Hag era,
0: and they will. Anything positive we're looking for, anything positive. Yeah, uh, and look, he he built a very nice Ajax side, especially the one that got to the semi-final was moments away from making that final against Spurs. Just collapsed at the end, just didn't. Moments away, there's quite
1: a lot. Quite a lot of people didn't want Pochettino because he didn't win that final and would have wanted him if he did. But he beat the guy you did want in the semi final,
0: yes. <laughs> so anyway, that argument never makes any sense for no. me, but anyway, whatever. So, United have gone for Ten Hag, it's very much Murta's appointment. He needs to get this right because his first attempt has gone horribly wrong, so he's. He's not a particularly young manager, but he hasn't got any big club, elite league experience at all. It's all been in the Dutch league and a couple of years managing Bayern Munich's reserve side. So he doesn't really have the credentials for this job, but maybe he does for the the State United are in Yeah, now. for this job, for the actual yeah. job,
1: not the the idea of the job. I mean he's he said I'm here to to do the to win titles, to, he said all that stuff. He's not. Yeah, he has to say that it's not going to be long before he's talking about how long it's going to take to get United back yeah. to the top because it just because I mean, all right. Here's the absolute sorry to use this analogy. Here's the absolute bull case, right? That the club has restructured, and the you talk a lot about the micromanagement of the Glazers, a lot of which is based on the stuff that. Van Gaal and Mourinho said about, I think it was Van Gaal who talked about wanting his office furniture. It might have been Mourinho, one of them, but they yep. were, it was incredibly micromanaged budget-wise. Maybe, just maybe, they are trying to become a modern, well-run club, and they are trying to reduce the level of micromanagement and and, and outsource more, maybe, yeah. more decisions to Carrington. Let's hope that that's the case.
0: And and then I think the one thing that sorry I'm just interrupting the one no, no, thing that points do. to that not happening is that they haven't they haven't actually again reporting says they haven't set a definitive summer budget they're still sure. going to be fairly opportunistic and if they were fully giving it to the to the football department they would say here's your wage budget here's your transfer budget mm. whatever the mix of that you want go off and win stuff mm. So I don't think they've done that. Anyway, you were saying. No, but I mean that's a, that's a significant a
1: significant point and probably sort of means that the the bull case as it were is is sort of I mean it's tenuous I think. But they've got they've gone for a guy who's a systems guy, who's a structure guy who yeah. did it did a great job at Ajax working within the structure, whilst also attempting to put a structure around. The idea that there's no structure at the club and it's all just Woodward making the decisions and, and the Glazers signing off on it or not,
0: that, that has changed. Like There's there's people in place, you know. And and he he worked very well with uh, Sex Pest, so he's going to fit in perfectly at Manchester United. <laughs> right, yeah. There are degrees of these things, I guess. The, although the fact that he's got another
1: job, anyway, football... What are you gonna do with it, eh? Well, quit talking about it. Go me something <laughs> more useful instead. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah. I've been watching a lot of cricket and Joss Butler's the the Aramco Orange cap holder, so all that's fine. Anyway, the 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 bare case is that they've gone for a guy who's never done anything at this level because because yep. Ajax is a, a a huge club in Holland. But yep. it doesn't have relentless global attention on it, and United is a complete like. United is it Has 30
0: percent of the budget of United. I mean, it's, right there yeah. you
1: go, and and massively more than the budget of the rest of the division. So the the kind of the challenge is a completely different level of challenge. Yeah. and he is such a systems guy that he's going to need his players trying to make For sure. Scott McTominay into an Eric Ten Hag midfielder.
0: Doesn't doesn't fit. Yeah. It's. He talked a lot in his his, the podcast interview, the MUTV interview, and the press conference about wanting a modern, high pressing, attacking. He called it Manchester United style of team, right? And I I think that that high press attacking piece does not fit with the squad. We know it doesn't. It doesn't take a lot of analysis to say there's no way that um, that Harry Maguire can play with a high line. There's no way. You just can't do it, and you you might be able to make a case to say you could do that if Varane was fit, but he's never fit, so it's it's going to be really hard. That midfield, you can't keep the ball and can't have any control at all, is an absolute disaster. And then from the front, there's no trigger, so that a lot of that has to change a lot, and for it to work. And in defence of the decision to appoint him.
1: There's no manager that I can think of who's going to look at that squad and go, yes, this is perfect for the style of football I want to play. I want kind of headless chicken midfielders and guys who hide from the ball and shout a lot. And I want an absolute calamity of an undroppable because he cost so much centre-back. And I want uh, Sean of all confidence. You know, our most talented players basically to all be just Sean of all confidence. And
0: Yeah. it's.
1: I mean, I, I don't know... I don't know what you would do. If if Klopp or Guardiola, I wish I could think of a third example of a definitely good manager, but there doesn't seem to be one. Like if either of them came into the squad,
0: what would they they do with this kind of hodgepodge? Or Nagelsmann, who's off the chart on the... High press, high ball recovery, <laughs> right? X Y graph off the chart. <laughs> yes. So not off uh, the
1: chart, on they're definitely a good manager though. Not yet.
0: No, there's uh, there are grumblings in in Munich. Uh, not as many grumblings as there are in Paris. Which, like, can I just have a di- diversion from please moment? when we think See about like play. grumbling <laughs> grumbling fans? This is a team that just won the league by 16 points, and and it's only 50 years old. The club, right? They have no real history of grand european victories or anything like that really but the ultras were rioting because they only won the league by 16 points and and didn't manage to beat a a, a madrid side that seems to have inspiration off the charts as well and just uh, consistently pulls out um the victories from the jaws of defeat so uh. and they're writing about it you entitled fuckers <laughs> seriously come on anyway well, they've
1: been maybe their the, their anger has been softened by the fact that Mbappe is staying, staying. which yes, is, which is like I don't know. That's and that was that just felt gross. <laughs> like I mean, oh, it's, listen, t- it's totally when, disgusting. But when you're yeah. when you're kind of like looking back with more rose-tinted spectacles at like ah, oh, I remember when Real Madrid could sign anyone for good old days, <laughs> like. It's probably not that they were the good old days, but there's something unsettling about the kind of about Mbappe staying at Paris Saint-Germain for another three years. Although it is also quite funny that Florentin Perez got really He's really completely upset mad, and so is,
0: so is La Liga. Yes, uh, it, it, all very odd. That anyway, what are, what are your thoughts on? I'm going to ask you before the summer. What are your thoughts on Manchester United next season? Before, as we wrap up,
1: I mean. In the long tradition of uh, just predicting that whatever's just happened is going to continue to happen, that is, I believe Ed very much our signature move. I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. I what they? What would you? You'd have to sign. All right. Let's say that he can get something out of the. Really good players at United who are play- have been playing really badly. The players who we've seen have got a level. So Bruno, Rashford, Luke Shaw, Sancho, I don't think Sancho's been playing really badly, but you know, you get, get, you get more out. yeah, you get yeah. more out of him. Varane somehow is fitness managed properly. De Gea is alright. That's it. Like I well, Ronaldo fine, like whatever, but what you what are you supposed to do with Ronaldo in a uh, high pressing attacking? Like it, it's just uh, Ronaldo would be an amazing impact sub next season, maybe. But anyway, even with with like he gets the absolute best out of the players who have been bad, but we've seen be good. You're still talking about Maguire, who they're definitely not going to get rid of, and yeah. who who I don't know. I don't know how anyone is still defending him, to be honest. You're talking about two central midfielders and that's that's like two first-team central midfielders and then where you're getting the backup from. Unless unless he's going to play Joel Gardner and Hannibal in there or whatever, like, and van der Beek. That's, unless that's what
0: we're looking at. The, the wind, That's the, a mid-table midfield, if there ever was one. Yeah. The
1: scale of... Transformation that's got to happen in this squad. I mean, I've heard you say so many times, United can do three deals in the summer. That's what that's what they can do, and they're going to have to. They've got so much shipping out to do. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess a lot of that's on
0: on Mertar and whoever his assistant yeah. is. Yeah. But there's six Oi, leaving. By the
1: way, coming around here, you lot slagging off Juan Mata, <laughs> slagging <laughs> off Juan Mata on the no question about that podcast.
0: Absolute outrage that was. Well, he might not leave. He get, he kind of Good. hinted that he might stay. I, I Good. don't think he will. <laughs> There's six definitely going and they definitely need to lose the players who've contributed nothing as well, which means yeah. Henderson, E and Jones. That is a, It's a level of... And then we need six coming in. It's yeah. a level of activity that has never been done under the Glazers. and And maybe this new structure finally will allow that to happen. Uh, but they then all have to be successful to make absolutely a ball case for Ten Hag, which is top four, right? That's the ball case. It's not winning anything really. So then that's just that's next season, and and we're gonna have a lot of patience. That's the, the that's exactly what I was just gonna
1: say. Like, the, I think the actual ball case for Ten Hag is patience. Like, the actual ball case is everyone just forgets about transformation, and I don't know how you do this, but you decide he's your guy, and you stick with it. You, you, Thelma and Louise it. Like, this, this, he's just your guy and it doesn't matter if we are 10th in March. There's no talk of Ten Hag being sacked because this is, he's got an, a kind of almost unlimited line of credit in the bank. You're not looking at, Anything for five years except for improvements in stuff behind the scenes like you plant a new garden and you're not you're just thinking about are there roots going you're not thinking about shoots and buds and all that kind of stuff we're not worried about that we're just are the roots going down right i don't I don't see how anything other than that means yes, anything but
0: that's going to be very hard for united I mean I think Klopp finished sixth or seventh didn't he in his first yeah. season or so with Liverpool so uh, that's what we have to believe. But we need to see need to see some signs. Otherwise, the club will panic and the fans will panic. Yeah. So, all right, we'll leave it there. Nice to talk to you. I'm probably going to s- split this season review into a couple of parts because we have a lot to chat about. So that's managers. I'm talking about defenders with Wayne and midfielders with Tom and forwards with Dan. Yeah, thanks a lot, Paul.
1: You're welcome, brother. See you soon. <laughs>
0: So continuing our review of the season, I'm here with Wayne, we're going to talk about keepers and defenders, of which there's not a lot of highlights, are there?
3: Well, there are some, there are some. I think when you start with the goalkeepers, it's better than it could have been, better than it threatened to be. Yeah, And obviously the defence is going to be a bit of a red zone. But I don't, <laughs> don't even know the, what the analogy is that I'm trying to make with that, but it's not going to be pleasant listening um, because we are going to be pouring over some stuff. But the, I think the goalkeeping area, you know, considering at the start of the season, everything was Anderson's going to start yeah. and De Gea's going to be on his way and then Anderson got COVID and De Gea took that chance and... It was interesting because it wasn't a done and settled thing like it it feels like it is now. So it wasn't as if it was cut and dried throughout the season that it was going to be that way. I actually think it's been been probably, one striker aside, the only area of the side that we can say that has been good. Well, obviously because everyone was saying that De Gea... And and he probably will get the play of the year. So.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking at his stats, and it's interesting. He had such a big drop off after the after the new year. So he was something like plus eight on his post shot expected goals against. Right. So that is um, he was eight goals better than the average goalkeeper. And he's finished the season on plus three or plus five if you take away the penalties which okay. is still uh, so or 0.12 goals per game per 90 better than the average keeper. So, it's not a bad performance, but it's only mm-hmm. marginally above what is deemed average from a sort of statistical perspective. And and, and I don't know, it's Davis never going to change his style. He's never going to be a commanding keeper that comes off his line and catches balls like Thibaut Courtois was in the Champions yeah. League final, right? Really commanding, not only the saves, but when he needed to come, he did. So Dave's never going to be that, and he's never going to be a particularly modern keeper with his feet. He's not an mm. Allison or an Edison there. So, but some of the old reactions, which have always been world class, of are back, aren't they? So, and he played forty six games, four thousand minutes, so a lot, a lot of game time. But three from Henderson only, who will surely go in the summer, and we'll get a new second keeper, I imagine.
3: Yeah, that's it, what it looks like. I mean, yeah, I mean De Gea's form has generally been good. He's had a couple of bad games in there, a couple of mistakes as well. But his passing, like you mentioned, and and his command of his box, they've never been high on his list of best qualities. So the 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 expected goals against and everything like that. You've got to obviously take the defence as a full package with that and how exposed that we've left him at times. especially And the very, very weird perseverance that we had with playing out from the back for a long time, um, which was... A thing under Ollie anyway, but um, but the more we persevered with it, especially I mean, the, the low light was the Liverpool game because we kept doing it and we, we kept doing it and they kept scoring. and It was like, What are you doing? Like, that was the phrase I can remember saying a few times, like, literally, not just like general frustration, it's like, What are you doing here? Right. You know what you're actually called. And De Gea, you'd never know if the goalkeeper is the one responsible for setting that tone, you know, he's a goalkeeper. Is he the one saying, no, do you know what, we'll take long goal kicks because it's got to be part of an overall strategy because we've seen De Gea change it up from time to time. So it's not necessarily something that he, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like he's told everyone to go and stand on the halfway line or to come back and stand on the six yard box for the last 10 years. He's changed with the philosophies, So that tells you it's a strategy from, from above.
0: And he's not looked comfortable with it, but neither have the defenders, so... No one is. I mean, is it just, it's just Rafael Varane who's comfortable playing the ball out of the back, I think. I mean, I think we thought Maguire was, and it, it, depending on which, which of the statistics you, you look at, it looks like he's quite important to United's progressive build-up. But he doesn't half-panic when he's pressed. So yeah. It's it just it feels very uncomfortable. All of that, but, and that's only one aspect of the defending.
3: But those kind of things as well. Remember that they. are This is for the listener, not for you. Ed I know that you know this, but remember that these are comparisons to the players that we've got. They're not. I don't know. It's relative to the league as well. But Maguire's importance in that, and I know we're jumping onto the defense. It, it It's all relative, isn't it? It's not necessarily saying, "Oh, Maguire's great at doing this," because because he's a great player at doing this. It's because in this situation, with these players around him in this season, he's been particular a little bit better at that thing. But on the goalkeepers, look, I think we're at a stage with De Gea where obviously it looks like, for the reasons that you've just said, we are gonna be looking in the near future at the actual future. We've had it with Romero, we've had it with the time where De Gea almost signed for Real Madrid and the fax machine stopped it and then we've had it with this fleeting moment with Dean Anderson, where we've been genuinely, seriously considering a future without David De Gea in goal for Manchester United. It's funny in a in a sentimental way that he's he feels so committed to the club now and he seems really settled and when you heard one player talking throughout the second half of last season who was being honest and he was saying it as it was, it was David De Gea, yeah, you know, and, and he held his much. head up high with that. And he, he wasn't a player pointing at other players because I, I think he would have accepted responsibility if he didn't have a good game, he would take that as well. There are things about him that you would want to improve, but it's not an emergency situation. I think we we are well within our rights to think he could be number well, he should be number one for next season because there's a lot of emergencies elsewhere. Um is he the best goalkeeper in the, in the league anymore? Sadly not. Is he is reflex saves and, and goalkeeping of that nature the best? It's probably it's it's debatable. His reactions are still incredible. Um maybe not as cat like as he was three or four years ago. But he's sure. still an out, still an outstanding goalkeeper. That those deficiencies that you've mentioned and, and which are there for everyone to see, nobody's hiding from that. Does he compensate for them with with that agility? He did for a long time because he was he was the best goalkeeper in the league, and you might have even argued at one point the best in the world. He's not that anymore. Yeah, yeah. But he's still good, and he's still. He would still be a good enough goalkeeper to get into a third or fourth Champions League spot, yeah. which is where we're looking to get, and where at that point when we're looking to kick on, probably the
0: natural point where he'll be moved on anyway. So, well, his contract's out; he's out contracting twenty twenty three. So, if Edward Wood was still in charge, he'd be offered a new five year contract, no doubt, because Edward Wood had this view that the asset value of the player was more important than anything else. The quote-unquote fat squad that had a high asset value, <laughs> Woodward knowing the price of everything and the value of nothing. But but now I don't know with 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 Murtagh who must part of his responsibility must be a longer term view of squad development mm. alongside Ten Hag. I, I wonder whether they'll just let that run down, and yeah. that's probably the most sensible decision for the club, and then they can look for a new keeper next summer. I mean he's not going to get better than he is now. no he's not
3: I I don't know I I still think that they'll give him a contract and yeah there's a part of me that wonders if I look at that and were they going to give him five years because because five years would be the the mistake that they've made before in in investing for that longer period of time and then I think if he's sat at the negotiating table and he wants a long contract are they going to turn him down because he's been so loyal to us. It's a difficult one for them to handle it. In fact, do you know what? Funny, it, as we're talking about this, it's probably a decision that will tell us a lot about how, far, how much the club have learned in the post-Woodward era. So if it's the sure. first big contract that they give out, if it's something, if they give like a, a sensible, maybe a year extension on that, and then we see where we are. Yeah. Or, or well, two typically a they
0: or have one-way anyway. So, I mean, I guess in theory it's 23 plus the the one way option to extend. Well they'll exercise that you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's not like he has much transfer value given his his very high wages.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no no one will be taking a chance on him. He'll be looking at maybe if All Black moves on and then if he wants to go back home or something like yeah. that. You can you wouldn't see like I I don't know, you never see maybe an Italian club will take him on or something like that. Uh, but it will be a club that he'll be moving for for the actual destination rather than the chance of of a fat salary for sure but you know he's not an emergency I love him to bits he's been a he's going to go down as a legend for United and I don't think we saw we saw some erratic form maybe 18 24 months ago but he's come out of that and he's not at his best obviously he's not but I think that if you put a, a strong defense in front of him then the fine margins that a great goalkeeper brings to a team we could still see that with
0: him I, I I think that we could yeah all right let's talk about some of the defenders uh shall we start with the the big one Harry Maguire and he's been at the club three years now and I mean I don't know what you feel about it but I think he's had one good season so Fairly mediocre first season, pretty good second season, and an absolute disaster of a third season. Which, in most other jobs, would probably see you on your way, but in this one, given the um, quote-unquote asset value and his wages, there's not really another destination he could go to. So, I I'm a hundred percent sure he'll be at the club next season. But something has got to improve.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very tough one because um, you. I I think you're summation of that is right in that he's he's had one good season but even the good season was I I don't even want to say I don't want to say it wasn't good because that's been too critical. But I don't think it was good enough in what you want for an eighty million defender for someone who's come in to be the rock around which the defence is built and particularly with the very generous reputation he's got for being a footballer. Well, I think it's very generous that reputation yeah. that he's got. Yeah, <laughs> even with all that taken into account, he's 30 years old. Even take all the resale value, where he's going to go after it, all that it doesn't really come into the equation for this. It, the, the simple question is, how far can United go with Aaron Maguire in the defense? I think they can go. I did, the, a lot of people will listen to this and they'll say, "Oh well, he was so cataclysmic in his form last season that they should just get rid of it and he should go." And his form was dreadful. And if I would, t- if you push me to say yes or no, I would tend to agree with that. But on the criteria, like you've just said, you're in a position where you've got to look at things cold-hearted. You've got to look at them more logically. Can United progress? Can they be a Champions League team with Aaron Maguire in defence? They can they can because yeah. we've seen that they can they they did for two years they finished third and they finished second with all the mitigating circumstances for the other the other teams as well but they can do it so I think that he can feature in a defence that does better than it has done and, and that he wouldn't necessarily be a, a massive emergency that said his form when it isn't good is an emergency and can United win a, a Serious? Can they win a Premier League or Champions League with him in defence? No, they can't.
0: It seems very unlikely. Yeah, he he also started missing games. His injury yeah. record had been pretty spotless before this, but he's played thirty-five out of United's fifty games now. Some of those he was on the bench, obviously, but a few injuries that he'd played through before, but now seem to be disrupting him, and and so that yeah, he'll be. He's what 20 he'll be 29 he's coming up to 29 and I don't know I I think he's I think he's 29 okay so but still these should be the best years of his career yeah and they're not uh, and that's a problem for united alongside him Varane I mean it's just been such a disrupted season just 26 starts for him and that many. he's just injured yeah I'm surprised that's But he's out of 50 games for united so he's he's almost missed as many as he's played uh, and those aren't games mm. he's on the bench because he's been dropped they're games that he's just not fit for and and it was mm. his problem in his last season at Real Madrid as well and one of the reasons why he was available for a reasonable fee so it's a challenge there he's he's basically the same age United have to get him fit because you talk about a, a defender who could take United to you know, challenging for the title you imagine I mean he's well, He's won, what, four European Cups or something? Yeah, yeah. he could be that player.
3: He, he could, right. Um but... Uh, and certainly in terms of class and ability, he's probably the best defender that we've got. But he has had a disappointing season, and he hasn't played great when he has played. And, and we've had a running dialogue with maybe, let's say, three or four years where there have been that many problems in defence that you can look at the individuals and you can look at the collective and you can say... Is that player playing poorly because the two th- the two players either side of him are in dreadful form? And you could definitely make that case for a lot of players, and if you're being sympathetic, you, you could do that. And so I- I'm inclined to be that way for Varane because we know we've seen the class. But there's something... I hoped that this was what we was getting with Varane, but Paul Parker, you know the pod that I do with Paul, yeah. he said this to me very early on in the season, and like all... Oh, proper professional analysis <laughs> he was on the money but I was like no I don't want to believe that so I'll just wait until the evidence is unavoidable Varane's not a leader and you want him to in that position in the defense sure.
0: in fact we don't have a leader Maguire thinks no. he's a leader but he's not a leader so Varane's very passive as the defender yeah which means you need someone very active alongside him yeah to make so, it successful
3: He's good. He's got a lot of class. He's obviously going to be at the club for the next couple of years, and he can be built around. He should be in a defence that that challenges for major trophies alongside a leader. And I do like him. I do like his style. I liked him when he was at Madrid. I thought, like you know, he's definitely one that miss, we missed out on when we didn't get him like ten years earlier. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of things I do like about him. I hope that we see the best of
0: him. Let's hope so. I mean, fullbacks. I I have well. Okay, sorry. Before we get on fullbacks, there's Victor Lindelof, who I don't I don't know that Victor will ever change. I mean, he again is not a leader. He's mm. a very passive defender, and he's competent at many things, and he's decent on the ball. But he is obviously physically not great, so he's not one that you want to put into a battle. Mm. And so he needs someone alongside him who will do that. And and as you noted, all our central defenders are very passive. So I, I I don't imagine United looking for a sale just because of the amount of business that has to be done this summer but he's not a player that will take United to challenging for the title I don't think yeah. and 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 I mean I don't know maybe you have a different view I, I I just find him as I I can't see a path in which he becomes something approaching a world class defender
3: no I can't I I completely agree with that but what I want to do, because obviously we're talking about the defence and after a dreadful, dreadful season, and we're there's going to be a lot of criticism in this, I do want to give him some credit. There was one game, and I think it was in lockdown, and we played Southampton at home, and we gave away a couple of silly goals on set plays, and he was absolutely bullied all over the place. And it was embarrassing, really, for, for a Man United defender at Old Trafford to be bullied in the way that he was. And, we, and it... That's the game that instantly comes to mind because I can remember it happening, but it's happened in many, many games. There was one towards the end of Mourinho's reign where we played at Brighton and he was all over the place. And he wasn't the only one, but we're talking about Victor Lindelof here. And unfortunately, after how many years he's been at the club? 2017, so five years. It's a long enough sample size to say whether or not he's going to make it at the club. Well, he's made made it by by a crook, but... At the back end of last season, he looked like the player most at risk because of signing him a new defender. It was always one was going to sign him and yeah. Varane came along. Now, and I, I agree with that, and he should have I thought, oh, it's time for him to move on, time for him to become a, a defender somewhere else, a play for a, a team, maybe in Everton or something like that, where it, that's no disgrace. I'm not having a go, but go to a level where he can impress and he can look good. Another club free of the pressure, because he looks very much like a clenched fist defender. He looked look like he can play football. He's a good passer of ball. There was the assistant leads this season, which looked great. Sure. So there's something in there. So what I want to say about him, and I'm sorry that it's taken me a long time to get there, but I wanted to set the scene because I've been so critical of him over those previous four years. I do think he's been United's best defender this season. And I'm not saying that it's a high bar. It's yeah. definitely not. And I'm not saying that he's played great because he definitely hasn't. But credit where it's due... In the face of all that criticism, I still think he's been our best defender this season. It's
0: probably fair. uh, And it's not a high bar because United conceded 69 goals in 50 games. So, but yeah, probably true. I I mean, I don't know what you'd say about the fullbacks, but it's a very, very low bar with these guys because they've all been dreadful. I mean, Telez I think, will leave this summer. He he, he apparently wants a move. I mean, fair enough. He's never going to be first choice. Shaw's had a horror season. After such a great season and euros, so maybe maybe there's maybe there's uh you can make a case that he might find that again, but he's been here what seven eight seasons now, and not there's not many that have been very good for different reasons form injury application for sure he had some of the wrong people around him, and then that great season last season. And kind of regressed. So maybe there's an opportunity there. The rest of them, I, I honestly have no hope for them. So I don't think Juan Bazzaca or Dallo will ever be good enough for what we need uh, for two different reasons. I mean, Dallo's defensive performances are, are pretty horrible. Going forward, he looks good, but he actually doesn't, if you look at the numbers, he doesn't del- deliver anything mm. at all. Juan Bazzaca. Absolute horror show at the back. I, although I did find it funny that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold pulled a Wan-Berzak and completely missed his man <laughs> in the Champions League final. After, by the way, Virgil van Dijk pulled a Harry Maguire and went completely out position to go challenge for a ball that was his, none of his right mm-hmm. to go challenge for at all. So, hey, well done, lads. Um, <laughs> so I, I have no hope with Juan Bazaka at all. They should move him on. Apparently, the club are willing to do that, and I think that would be the right thing for him. And 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 so we're going to look for a new right-back. They'll probably stick with Luke Shaw. He is, he's is, he got one plus one on his contract, so there's that debate again about whether to offer him a new contract. And I, I think Tellez will leave, so we might be looking for two full-backs this summer, but it's been absolutely dreadful this season on both flanks and we know how important fullbacks are
3: yeah no they definitely in the modern game for sure but i mean historically i mean historically they were the least popular players but they've always been important
0: but if ten hogs going to play a 4-3-3 which we think he is yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. for for ten hog system yeah absolutely it's very important
3: aren't they yeah Uh, yeah so yeah quickly with this my theory on shore is that obviously for whatever reason, for I mean, and there were fair reasons. He had his injury. Mourinho being ridiculously critical of him for for no reason. I say no reason they, to single him out in the way they did was all tantamount yeah. to to bullying in a way. So he's obviously had his problems. The start of last season, he was actually quite dreadful. And then, right, I think it's the start of last season was the 6-1 against Spurs and everything. He was dreadful, and he was only the signing of Tellers and the, the actual, the second to final nail in the coffin because it was like, mate, you're done, you are done. And it was only that that maybe, like, provoked him into playing the way that we know that he can. So, and then he did... And then he got comfortable again. And a lot of people blamed it on uh, post-Euro fatigue, and maybe that's true, but every player who played at the Euros had that, and not every player had as uh, big a slump as Shaw and Maguire. And Shaw had a comfort zone. He went straight back into it, and he's been... He kind of felt the buffer of Tellers being so bad, and knowing that Tellers is so bad that he doesn't. There's no motivation for him to. He can just be better than Tellers, and that has been a very, very. That's been yeah. the, the biggest problem at United for the last ten years. Is that it's been better than the crap player next to you, and Tellers obviously is is better at crossing than Shaw, but in terms of positioning, he, he he's not a Premier League full. Ball. Um, he's really not.
0: He's just dreadful. Please just get him move him on. I'm sure they will. They'll find yeah. him um... No, he and, Do you know what? He's a popular player as he? he looks yeah. like
3: he obviously for the fans the way that he sort of he's committed and everything like that, but he's just not Premier League standard and he, well, he's definitely not Manchester United standard, let's put it that way. The other side, you are completely right with um Dalo. Going forward he's not good. He's he again, he looks good because Aaron Wan-Bissaka isn't good going forward. I have a lot of sympathy for wan He's been dreadful this season. And maybe when we look at what I said earlier about like other players are to blame for other players being bad. And we have a lot of positioning problems at the back. Maybe some of Wan-Bissaka's positioning can be put down to that. But also it does seem to have regressed in his positional intelligence. Cause we got caught out in some big games and Wan-Bissaka did. Um, it, like the the positives that he had in earlier games like against Manchester City they figured out how to play around him and he doesn't have a second he doesn't have a, an answer for that the the issue is it is that Wambsaker is a brilliant defender I, I got a little bit of criticism cuz i posted something about this i had to think about it for a while because there's something about him in uni, i'm sure we've had this conversation talked to about um i talked to Richard Shaw was his youth team coach yeah. i think so it was it was around the time where everyone was saying could he be center back So I was interested in that. I wanted to talk to Richard about it. And he said, like, I don't think he could because, really, he was a natural winger when he was younger, which is funny considering his his lack of output in in that area. So he's saying he couldn't play... These are the actual words he said. He couldn't play in the centre of defence because he would need a leader next to him. And we've already got enough players like that. So he's naturally good at defending. He's really good in the tackle. And even at the back end of last season not not the one just gone the season before yeah he, he i'm not saying his output was good in the attacking third but it was improving you could tell that he was working on it
0: sure but, he got like four or five assists didn't he yeah uh, last exactly.
3: season yeah and, and some good opportunities that were missed as well so he, he came on and he's massively regressed i think the stage is too big for him that's not that's not a criticism, really, because a lot of players have been in that position, and he's still got a good future in front of him. He's a good sellable asset at this price. Not you're not going to get your money back for Aaron wan You definitely not. But someone will invest money in him because he's a really talented defender. Sure. And I, he's he's my where I've settled on him is I think he's good, potentially very good. I thought for a while he was potentially great. I don't think I can see that in him. I think he's potentially very good, though. And I think, I even think for a club who wants to get into the Champions League, there's potential for him. I just don't think it's us because, like, yes, this manager aside. United as a whole club with its whole philosophy, there's a lot of pressure even if you take any manager out of the equation, you could have Jose Mourinho in there, you could have, I don't know, seeing as Jurgen Klopp is calling Carlo Ancelotti the, the defensive antichrist of football at the moment, you could have <laughs> Carlo Ancelotti in defense, what I'm trying to say is, the Old Trafford <laughs> crowd responds when players get on the ball, right they, they, yeah. they attack, 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 so it doesn't map philosophy you've got, the crowd will respond in a certain way, and when it did respond, to Wambas sacker on the ball and they wanted him to get forward he doesn't have it about him and that's not criticism because he's a good potentially very good defender well i think it is
0: a criticism and it's a fair one i mean if you look at the, the numbers 31st percentile for shot creating actions 13th percentile for expected assists 9th percentile for shots 18th percentile for progressive passes and like this is just absolutely in the toilet uh, this is against his peers as well, right? Not not against the whole league. You have to do it with numbers, Ed. He didn't have to go there, but <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's mind-bending when you look at it actually, because he's in the ninety-fifth percentile for attempted dribbles, right? So, and then like a pass completion, pretty good. Pressures twenty-sixth percentile. Tackles sixty-third percentile. This is a total number. Interceptions ninety-third percentile, right? So it's all over the place in the numbers. So very good. Dis- defensive numbers there yeah. and like the attacking numbers are just absolutely dreadful anyway so it, we've, very deep analysis of taking apart Juan Paseca's um, game he, he's not going to be good enough for United neither is Delo. it's going to require a new fall and then and, and then on the other side I think probably the same there I assume the club will try and look for any way to offload Baye and Phil Jones? who have played twelve games between them this season, and I just United are bleeding money on these guys. So it just, yeah. just even if you have to subsidize the wages, just get them out. This is a, an opportunity, though. This is an opportunity. We've talked about this
3: this reset and and the mass of players who can leave. Baye and Jones, Eric Baye in a different way. Jones is different because he's homegrown, not by the club, but a, a British player. Sure and. What I'm trying to say with this is United historically didn't have these kind of players in the squad because those were the positions that a youth player would have and they'd get the chance. So you've got like the likes of Garnacho who Tellez tele's going can give him and Fernandez a chance on the left. Do you know what I mean? That should be what that, that area is for. You let Dalo go and give like like Darmian in the in the past, there was like I was so baffled by this. Darmian was kept on and we kept playing him. And Bothwick Jackson came in and he started to play really well and he's, he looked like a really good crosser on the left. Now, I don't know why I'm going on about Bothwick Jackson, but what I'm saying is Dormian was, Dormian, he wasn't good enough and he was taking up that spot, which should have been given to a kid. And you've seen, we've all seen, the the engaging way in which the crowd connects with a young player, Hannibal, like obviously, is that and historically it's always been that way I mean the best, I think the best atmosphere of Mourinho's first season was was it his first or second his first season when he played all the kids in the last game before the Europa League game, that was the best Old Trafford felt because, because he played the kids and it was completely against everything that he believed in, the point I'm trying to say is that the, the likes of by and even Phil Jones but you knew the point I was trying to make with the separation yeah. with that. They don't need to be there anymore, and that's it's filling a space that a young player should be should be occupying. And and by having this opportunity to just clean the brush and get them out, you are giving. The club a little bit of itself back, and even if even if the players aren't good enough, like Fosu-Mensah, I really wanted to be great. And Twanzebe, who has never had that proper chance that he should have had, that Eric Baez had the longer contract that he's got at basically at, at Twanzebe's expense. I yeah. would have liked to have seen Twanzebe get seven or eight more games in the United shirt, even if he wasn't good enough.
0: I mean, he had a he had a poor loan spell at Napoli, and I presume they'll try and find a, a way to sell him. Same yeah. with Ted and Mengi, who played ten games at Birmingham at the bottom of the Championship. Oh, time yeah. time for him to move on. Ethan Lay an interesting one because he had a very good first half of the season with Swansea, and a, a lot of a lot of attacking output in a in a system that suited him. Went to Bournemouth and played six times second half of the season, yeah. and, which is not not good in a 4-4-2, or at least back four so I, I i mean maybe there's a route for him into the squad but it seems unlikely there's not a lot of proof there yet that he can perform at a high level so maybe another loan so anyway that's all the defenders it's not good it's not good <laughs> it's not good <laughs> yeah, wayne a lot of wasn't. work to be done there and one thing i'd say is van der eric ten hag's assistant is has got this reputation of being a brilliant coach defensive coach and i think that's what a lot of the Dutch journalists are saying and so we're going to need it because it was a horror show that they're defending this season. I mean it's just so many goals conceded so it can't get I was going to say it can't get worse with Manchester United you never know whether that's actually true but from a defensive point of view it's hard to be worse than United it, were this season. It's
3: hard to see how they can get worse because in terms of I mean we didn't even really cover Dean Anderson so a, quick, a very quick word on him because obviously he's going to probably going to go yeah i saw newcastle said that there was a a a rumor that they'd offered 15 million for him and i'm like you can't be serious because you've got all the money in the world and two two or three years ago you were trying to offload one of the the long staff boys for like 50 million you come back with a, a world record fee, fee for a goalkeeper I'm afraid for Dean henderson but sure sure it, yeah yeah i you wonder with all the cuz there's definitely been a lot of politics at united in the second half of this season and players jostling for in whatever way they're doing it and that maybe we'll only realize the true extent of how far that's gone in the next two or three years but you wonder if a lot of this hear coming out and speaking the way that he has has been to kind of com- be a conflict or a direct contrast to the rumors of Dean Anderson being one of the the dressing room leaks and you know Anderson's obviously yeah. got a great opinion of himself I don't I think that Solskjaer was right to stick with I think Anderson's still yeah. a little bit green and, uh, he,
0: and he, he's competent keeper and he's a good communicator but we've got no evidence that he's a he's a Champions League quality keeper exactly. at all so he'll leave I'm sure he'll leave they'll just negotiate the fee someone in the Premier League will pick him up all right T-Wayne thank you very much that's the defensive part of our season review (laughs) it's not good but (laughs) thanks for listening guys all right continuing our season review going to talk about midfielders with Tom how's it going Tom Yeah, really good, thank you. How about you? Pretty good, yeah. Well, I don't have to watch Manchester United this weekend, so that was good. And Liverpool lost, which is beautiful. And Liverpool lost, which is great. Mm. And, I mean, it feels kind of dirty for the last few weeks, supporting City in the league. And even Real Madrid, it's like not like they need to win the European Cup again, really, is it? When we were a good side, I used to hate Real Madrid. And especially when
2: Nani got sent off against them as well. I oh. despised them back then. But now, now they feel like they're the good guys of Europe. Which What's happened? Well, they would save us, don't they? Every year. Oh, dear.
0: Well, we're going to talk about midfielders. And th- this is a mixed bag of various levels of crapness. I guess we, we can start with Bruno because his numbers are great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, looking through all his stuff, he, he leads the league for chances created well over 100. And big chances, so if you just take it on that metric alone, it looks like it's not his fault it's everyone else's fault for not finishing the chances he's creating, but that doesn't really tell the whole story with him, does it No, you could say the same about Ronaldo just looking at the stats, really,
2: you could say the goals well, yeah, written, exactly. Ronaldo finished the top scorer in the league, so he must be he's basically the one carrying uh united, and that argument has been made by a few too many people in my opinion yeah but with with Bruno. I think, I think there's some, I don't know if it's an ego thing or a, 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 a kind of feeling that he has that he needs to take on so much responsibility because no one else is actually doing anything. But he, he I feel like, yeah, sure, he creates a lot of chances. He, he gets a lot of assists and he, he's involved in a lot of goals. The problem is that he almost does that to chaotic levels, which... Is actually wider is a, is a wider problem because he's trying things so often to basically make up for the fact that there are so many deficiencies in this team. I mean, I just wanted to kind of look at like pass percentages and and compare United's pass percentages to compare to other teams at the top, but not to compare Bruno to other teams. But like he has one of the worst pass percentages in the United team, which is kind yeah. of just kind of displays what his role is of course you want him to be trying these things and and creating a lot of chances and and trying things that other players don't but at times it is a little bit detrimental because he he's he does give the ball away so often and that's going to be interesting to see how that chaos fits into a bit more of a controlled team on that on the Ten Hag next season hopefully if we're better it means he doesn't have to try things as much yeah. but for all his benefits he does bring and I think this season more than any any time he has brought a lot of con- inconsistency and yeah mentality wise he's been more than ever yeah
0: yeah I I I think there's a couple of things going on. One is, I think you're right, that he feels that he needs to create everything and do everything. And he's not thinking in team terms because there isn't really a team. So I I do think that's affected him. And and Mm -hmm. that's his fault. It's on him. Ragnik tried to counter that by putting him wide at the end of the season and also in his first couple of games as a coach. And I think that's really bad when you think about how many chances Bruno creates. You don't want to take that creativity out of the team. That's going to be a Mm -hmm. disaster. But he gives the ball away a lot. You can't control it with him, Fred and McTominay in midfield because they all give the ball away to disastrous levels. And I'm sure (laughs) that's going to change under ten hag and bruno just needs to be part of the team the other thing I, I noticed looking at some of the data as well was that if you look at the what do you call those graphs where it looks at the relationship of passing maps the kind of great oh yeah, like passing sequences kind of thing yeah that kind of thing so if you look at that for the last three seasons it feels like ronaldo has taken some away some of the ball away from bruno and it, it's it's that thing we've seen with Portugal as well, well where it looks like the relationship between the two of them, on the pitch, not saying off the pitch, but on the pitch, isn't quite functional. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I guess actually, it it would you'd you'd want that link to be really strong, wouldn't you? Like a big thick line on those graphs. Anyway, so I, I do wonder whether that's impacted Bruno's role. We've lumped him in with the midfielders here, but in a sense, he's a forward. If you look at his role in the team and his position on the pitch, he's like a shadow forward. Teddy Sheringham or Eric Cantona to <laughs> Andy Cole and <laughs> Mark Hughes, that sort of thing. And and I wonder whether that will change as well with Ten Hag and, and how Bruno will change. Because it's not a natural fit, but you can't take that many chances created out of the team and, and expect to be the kind of team that Ten Hag's talking about. So it's, that's going to be an interesting problem to fix. Yeah, and well, at times this season he's played deeper, especially when we
2: had when there was that stage where we had the sitter and then Pogba and Bruno would play the side of that. But the problem is he's not he's not clean enough to 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 play deeper. He needs to play higher because, well, because of his creativity, he, he's such an asset in yes. the final third, and also quite detrimental the further back he goes, and I think that's yeah. been the problem this season. He's he's had to, maybe not he's had to, but he's felt like he's needed to drop deeper to get involved in the play to to make something happen essentially. And and that chaotic nature, I think, has mirrored itself quite well with Ronaldo. I think there's been a lot of similarities in in terms of their two performances this season. Both on the face of it, actually do doing pretty well, but you see like Ronaldo's movement drifting wide, just not being tactically disciplined. And it's the same with Bruno really. He's just been everywhere. And like, it's it's one of them players that in your 11, a side team on a Sunday, you would absolutely love because he's everywhere all the time, but it doesn't really work at the highest level of professional football really. No, Not that I'm saying that Bruno's not gonna work next season, but it's just this season because of our terribleness he feels for whatever reason that he's needed to
0: compensate for that. And it's just been further detrimental, really. So let's let's move on a little bit and talk about, I guess, the other big name in midfield, Paul Pogba, who's, who's going to be leaving and it looks like he's going to Juventus at the time of recording. There was a nasty rumour that he'd joined City a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, maybe he turned that down. That's what he says, I think. But apparently, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Who knows? He'd probably work very well in the Pep side. But anyway, he's he's had a really poor season. He's been injured for most of it, and the time he was back, not really central to the team. So I I guess that's a it's a microcosm of his six years with the club. Really? Yeah, like spits and starts. Like
2: at the start of the season, he looked like he was going to be have one of those seasons. That Leeds game. Memorable, way he was phenomenal, and he ended yeah, up well, he's got him. nine assists this season, but most four of the team, them within yeah. one game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like at his best, like he is amazing, and that's what's that's what's interesting about like the clubs that are, are interested in him. Like he's being linked to like Real Madrid, PSG, Man City, Juventus, and then a lot of people have been like, "Why? How does he like garner this interest?" And I, you can understand that from so many respects. Like he's had so many. Years at united now without success and without any prolonged period of consistency, but at hey, his best this is what's so frustrating about him is there's no there's not many footballers in the world who can do what he can do, like his passing ability is unbelievable like, his whole technical ability is unbelievable and but like think of the games that he's actually taken over there's so few and far between and 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 this season's just been as frustrating as ever to the point where, obviously, United fans got vociferously on his back. And that's what makes me think his reasoning for not going to Man City was, oh, I don't want to upset Man U fans. I I don't want the backlash from the United fans. You've already received it, mate, in the United shirt. So I I would have thought, I mean, I think I would have gone to Man City because of that. I'd have joined probably the best (laughs) football team (laughs) in the world. Like, screw those guys. Exactly.
0: I, I think he'd fit in very well there. Like his yeah. problem, of course, is is getting injured, and and the expectation of United fans seems to be that he should do everything, and because of because of the fee, he should be a certain kind of player, and he's he's just never been that. He's apparently very popular in the dressing room and a very good trainer. His fitness record is pretty poor recently, at least, or maybe generally. And 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 he he's passive on the pitch in the way that fans don't like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The uh, the support levels for and I'm going to be unfair and I've made it before, so sorry. But the support levels for Scott McTominay, for example, who runs around the pitch a lot, pretty <laughs> ineffectively, are just way higher than Pogba, who when he has the ball at his feet is very effective. And so United are going to have to find a solution to progressing the ball from midfield because they can't do it at the moment. They can't do it out of the back four and can't do it into midfield. So it all has to get to Bruno. I mean, if, if you were sensible with the team that United have got, you'd go a bit long or you'd play very defensively and try and play on the break like like Oli did, mm. I guess. And, and part of that is not having Pogba in the team because he does help you get the ball from midfield into forward areas. So United are going to have to find a solution to that one although he only played 1700 minutes across all games this season so it's not like he's he's been available for less than half of the total minutes which is a kind of summary of of him i suppose yeah the biggest shame with with polper is not
2: seeing him in a in a in a good united side like it, it it's just been super interesting even just for curiosity's sake rather than just just wanting united to do well to see how good he would have been if we'd have had a proper midfield, we'd have had a proper team, we were challenging for the title, and whether he would have been a, a key part of that system, or he would have been a, a a squad player in in our best side. And that's that's always going to be the question mark over him. Was it Pogba being not the right fit for United? Or is Pogba just not that good? And he, he doesn't have a consistent season within him, within the Premier League. He's obviously done it at Juventus, playing in a, a great side with superb centre midfielders. What did he have? Verratti, Perlo, Marquisio beside him in that Juventus team. But like, I don't, and I not don't want to sound like Anglifer, like English, England is the greatest country in the world, but like the Premier League is so much better than Serie A and it, even back then it was. And it's so much more physical and, and Pogba had to beef himself up to to play in the Premier League. And he, he his frame, just, just looking at him from his, he was so much more leaner when he was at, at Juventus. And for whatever reason, it's just not worked. And that's why, I mean, it's in an almost like masochistically um, curious way. I was almost a little bit intrigued to see what he would have been like at City. Would he mm. have actually lit it up? Or would he have just found himself to be a little bit similar to what he was at United? Whereas now he's kind of taken the choice, may, some might say the easy choice to go back to Juventus. And, and I'm sure he'll flourish in Serie A because you get so much time on the ball. It's a lot less physical, though Juventus aren't the team they were before. It's a lot easier to play for Juventus than it is a Man United at the moment. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, different expectations as well, going there on a, a freebie. Mm-hmm. So Again. Fred, I guess, has had a good season for him. I, I, it's so curious with fred because he works really hard and he's played a decent amount of games 36 games this season so he's definitely not being picked in every 130 starts across all competitions and he's got four goals five assists she's yeah, all right i mean it's good for a defensive midfielder if you can call him that but his best performances have been when he's pushed a little bit forward mm-hmm. and there he he does contribute but he's chaos so, if if Ten Hag wants to play with a like a a pressing midfielder, like a Jisung Sung Park style midfielder further forward, then Fred's your man. He's going to make a lot of interceptions, a, lo- a lot of pressures. He's a pressing monster. Ten Hag will like that. He's not a player for control. Mm-hmm. So at all. Uh, but for him, his best season at United, I think. Yeah, he's
2: I, I just don't see how Fred fits in into the, like a Ten Hag system. I don't really know how, what his best role could be at United. Like you say he's he, he, he has a lot of like good attributes, like and he he has a lot of positives. Like there are a lot of things that you go, yeah, like I can see I can see what you're good at. It's just a team at the, the the level of United, I just don't know if he has the cleanliness in his in his on ball ability to 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 make it United. I part some parts are really interesting comparison actually. Like it, it would be best, I think. Like I think Fred has a role to play in the squad, but he's not the type of player I think rely, United ever should be relying on week in week out. Like he's a player that. Will play against someone like Man City or whatever, and and he will be like in a play a certain way to to stop them playing, or he'll play in big European away games just uh, like like Park Park used to do to to stop to shut the opposition down, right? But when we're wanting to dominate games, Fred, in my opinion, just doesn't have the cleanliness. Yeah, w- within himself, like. His passing accuracy isn't great, and it's just sloppy stuff. Like it's not like it's like a. He should be playing these amazing passes like Bruno or whatever. It's like the five ten yard passes with either foot. He just he just messes up way too often. His first touch isn't perfect. Like he's so un-Brazilian. yeah,
0: it's yeah.
2: it's it's just astonishing
0: looking at some of the data he's in the 92nd percentile for pressures 25 a game which is very very good yeah he's in the 68th percentile for pass completion which is probably better than i thought actually but Mm. still it's not great if you're in central midfield he's in the 28th percentile for touches so he's not getting the ball he's kind of wasting it but Mm. off the ball he's very good yeah 91 91st percentile for blocks he just does good stuff in a he's, kind of defensive manner, yet yeah, you wouldn't really say his best performances come when he's a number six. No,
2: because he he doesn't have because he isn't a defensive-minded footballer. When he, Shakhtar is playing further high, f- further up the pitch, he doesn't have the defensive nous to to screen in front of the defence. Whereas his like physical and technical attributes lend itself to playing more in front of the back, almost like an Owen Hargreaves type that. Yeah, he's he's quick across the ground. He scuttles, he pressures, but he doesn't really know where to stand. So he's actually not that useful as a a guy who sits in front of the back four. And he's not as tidy on the ball as someone like Hargreaves either. And, and he doesn't have the ability of someone like Hargreaves. I mean, we didn't see that much of Hargreaves at United. At, the, at his best, we he was he was really good. But like, yeah, Fred just isn't that type of player. And I don't think that can be taught at his age. So he's nah. kind of just a player that is, would be a really good player to just to bring on at times and shut down the opposition and, and like I say for big games. But and and I feel like I've been unfair on him because he has been, he has come on a lot this season and he's been one of the bright spots under under Ranick. But that's that's not saying a lot. And I just don't think if United want to be where they uh, should be next season, I don't think he can really be a part of a part of that solution. Yeah.
0: All right, Scott McTominay, who's played the next sort of played three thousand minutes. So he's had if if, if three thousand minutes is your benchmark for benchmark for like a regular first teamer, there's not many actually at United have got that many. Yeah, you know, De Gea, Bruno, Maguire, Ronaldo, McTominay's like five minutes short of it. So he's played a lot for him this season. He's a, he's been an in int- integral part of the side. Again, I, I just don't know what he is though yeah. because he doesn't score goals. All his attacking metrics, non-penalty goals, shots, assists, expected assists, shot-creating actions, they're all in the lower third percentile, right? So he doesn't create anything as a central midfielder, basically. He doesn't get the ball. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't complete any passes. <laughs> he does. High, high, high metrics are progressive carry. So he, takes the, he gets the ball and he push, he runs forward with it. Mm-hmm. Dribbles completed. High. Interceptions, blocks, clearances, all decent. Clearance is very high. So, you know, you can kind of see what he is, right? He's a bit of a scrapper. Mm. He'll work hard. He'll bring the full ball forward. He only got a couple of goals this season, though. So, I just like what he's not a defensive player, but he's yeah. not an attacking one either. So, like, what is he?
2: No, he's, he's, he's almost a little bit like Fred. I mean,. Uh, not in the in the same technical and physical He doesn't do the pressuring no it, 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 it's 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 not like he's identical whatsoever He's not even like physical and technically wise they they're not even the same and obviously if you looked at them just from the from like yeah in any respect they don't look they're not similar but they don't have both don't have roles what are
0: you saying Scott McTominay? doesn't look like he could you know be Brazilian don't see him on the copacabana
2: <laughs> yeah I think that pasty white skin, just like my own, oh, is, is uh, it'd be brutal, wouldn't is it? not lent for that kind of temperature. I can speak from experience in that regard. But yeah, he just doesn't have a role. And I'm, I wonder, like, where these, like, I don't know, what they kind of thought that his role was going to be maybe when he was coming through the academy. Like, it feels like it feels like I was almost a centre-half playing in midfield. Play him there which he plays he in back
0: 3 because he can't get in the side ahead of John McGinn
2: <laughs> a back 3 almost like suits him but that's because you don't have to be as good defensively because you've got two other guys who can bail you out you don't have to read the game as well you don't have to know where you need to stand as well because like i say you've got another couple that can bail you out and he's not the thing is he's not good enough on the ball to be Really play centre midfield. He's not got the cleanliness, I guess, uh, like I say, in similar to, way to Fred. Like, you look at his pass completion rate ratios, like 85 odd percent. And you look at like the, the other players in, in his position at the better teams, like George is 89 percent, Harry Winks is 88 percent. Like, when you're getting outdone quite considerably by someone like Harry Winks, it's not a good sign. Man City boys are over 90 like Gundogan and Rodri like that's that's if you are going to play centre midfield you've got to have that cleanliness to your ability to your play and you've also got to have the defensive nels. like he's good at tackling and intercepting potentially sometimes but he doesn't screen properly. And like you say, he's
0: he's sometimes good at taking the ball out of midfield, but he's not Declan Rice. Actually, it's it's good comparison because the metrics look very similar with him and Declan Rice, except for all of Declan Rice's metrics are better.
2: And I was about like to all say, He feels like a Declan Rice light, like what Declan Rice. It should be the fact that Declan Rice should be at United, and and then you would say like, and then you'd say McTominay is just a poor Declan. Um, Declan Rice because he's playing at West Ham, but it's the other way around They've got better players. Yeah.
0: than Yeah, but that's how, that's fix I mean, I know it sounds like um, a lazy, a lazy fix, but but Declan Rice would be a fix for a lot of problems. You know, he is a very effective mm-hmm. screen, and he's he's brought progressive carrying and better passing to his game this season. And a couple yeah. of goals, not. Like, but yeah, I don't think United will do that business because West Ham seem fixed on keeping him for another season. It's if a lot look of the, money, isn't it? Apparently, yeah, hundred odd million mm. expected sort of um price so and he is very good and i think like you say he would solve a lot of problems but it's it's a lot of money it's a lot of money a lot of money given given united won't have champions league football and therefore i can't imagine the budget is yeah, exactly
2: we'll be just signing Declan rice and that'll be our only transfer of the summer and a couple of youngsters
0: yeah so i mean the rest of the midfield a bit of a much of a muchness really i mean van der Beek played 14 times before he left and only four starts, so like nothing there, 388 mm. minutes. I mean, I guess he's got to be hoping beyond hope that he fits back into Ten Hag's plan. I think the challenge there is I just don't see him fitting in the Premier League. He just seems too lightweight for it. Mm. So and he physically, bet- mentally, the whole lot.
2: Yeah, and even at Everton, like their best performances came when he was injured and out of the team. Like when he first went there, he, he played a bit and they lost pretty much every game, and then he gets injured, and they had a little bit of a renaissance. Their style of football that they started to play in the last few games of the season was the exact opposite of what Donny van Der Beek would, would thrive in, high energy, physical. And he'd, he, he feels like he would be a luxury player coming to United. And again, it, it goes back to that question, why the hell did we even sign him in the first
0: place? Like... What was going on there? I think it was opportunism. Mm. I think, I mean, let, let's see. Ten Hag might want to keep him for a season just to, to see, but he's had two wasted seasons, so he can't have a third. The rest of them, Lingard's going to leave. Uh, Matter going to leave. Not much to say about either of those, I guess. I mean, Jesse seems to have burnt all his bridges. I, I'm not sure his brother posting, like, whinging notes on Instagram complaining that he didn't get a send-off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels like this. This the wrong vibe, Jesse. Yeah, so. it's not great.
2: Though those two, Mata and Lingard, had
0: the highest pass percentage
2: um, ratio because they barely played.
0: Played 900 minutes between them across all competition. Nemanja Matic has already said he's leaving. So these three are leaving. But Matic played a lot of time, actually. Two and a half, no, 1,700 minutes, right? So he's played almost the same as... Paul Pogba this season surprising he he t- kind of turned into the closer didn't he? Mm. Uh, Ragnick would bring him on to try and shut out matches which I never really thought was very sensible. But what what you do lose with Matic is still a lovely range of passing. If he's not pressed, he's yeah. got the ball. He can do he can do something with the ball. If he is pressed, he's he's got a real problem. So I I I I think he should go to a sort of bottom half of La Liga side. It'd yeah, right for him, it'd be it'd look amazing in that type of team. Yeah. So I mean that's it really. I don't think I'm missing anyone. Vanderbank, Matter, Matic, Fred, McTominay, Fernandez, Pogba, Lingard. Yeah. That's that's been the midfield. It's clearly gotta change. So
2: Yeah, and, and obviously the few players are leaving. So I mean like they're gonna
0: Well three of that four of that lot are leaving. So Yeah. I'm gonna I'm
2: gonna so. destroy the um pronunciation of this, but Chu Chuamamani? No. Horrendous. Yeah. Anyway. Touchameni. Yeah, t- there we go. Look at that, perfect. many. You can tell yeah. he's got some French in him. Yeah, he is. He's superb, and I think we should go all that to get him. But I don't think we will. It sounds like Liverpool yeah. or Real Madrid are going to get, get him. He would be. He. He's like the perfect player that I think United should have in midfield. But like I say, it doesn't look like we're going to get him. And we never, no, we never sign these players like before. Like everyone's, all the super clubs are interested. It's not like we ever go. Oh, we'll just pick this player up and then will create him into being superb. We have to buy him at their peak when everyone else is going for him and or whatever. Well, the head of sack,
0: scouting got sacked. So yeah, maybe. Oh well,
2: yeah, exactly. That's probably.
0: I guess we've picked a couple up over the years. We bought Martial when he before mm. the super clubs wanted in. It didn't work. No, clearly. So yeah, he is a superb player from what, from what I've seen, which is not loads. I don't. I've seen him play for the France team probably more often than Monaco, and he just looks a, a very classy player. Um, yeah, probably a, a, an upgrade on Declan Rice. And the other the other sort of defensive might in midfielder who's done well this season is Kamara, who I must say is going to ask. so um, not, not that I'm saying United should have signed him, but it's you know, he he did sort of stand out in the French league this season. So I, who knows, but it's the right kind of balance of links with with Tuchemeni and the lad from Barcelona whose name is completely slipping my mind. Frankie de Young. Yeah. I don't think United are going to spend the money to bring those two in, and I, I don't think those two players really want to be at United because they'll look at mm. uh, no Champions League football and uh, in and out of the Champions League and haven't done any one one quarter final in the last ten years, and they might go, <laughs> hmm, yeah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's the right, you know, a controller and a destroyer of very high standard is what United should be looking at.
2: Yeah, they they are the two main priorities. I mean, we've I've seen we've been linked to Angolo Kante as well, which. I mean ten years ago would have
0: I think it would be a mistake. I know he he's been a beautiful player, but he physically Chelsea know what they're doing with us as well, don't they? They they could see us coming for a mile off. I know. He he's getting injured far too often and so physically which is like one of his it's main game, attributes. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be an expensive mistake. Which everyone would get very excited about in the marketing department would love and Paul would love. But uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I think that would be a bad idea.
2: I, I do as well. Like we might get a a year and a half of goodness out of him, a little bit like we did with Matic and Mata. But after that, yeah. After that, it'll be like, it'll be playing a lot and they'll be doing what Matic and Mata basically ended up doing. Like they're just almost like a half of themselves. And and like you say, yeah. like it's, he's all about the physical attributes. He's not that, he's tidier than certain players in our team, but he's he's not exactly great on the ball it's fine but I mean it kind of makes up
0: for that in other areas doesn't he oh god yeah I mean five years ago ten years ago what a signing that would have oh, been man. United didn't have the vision for that unfortunately given, given that he didn't actually even cost that much no. from Leicester
2: no
0: see, that's the midfield it, it's uh, <laughs> we've, I've done four conversations now they're all doom laden as you'd expect <laughs> 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 season review thanks everyone for listening hi Dan we're going to talk about United's forwards reviewing the season this is an absolute horror show this is apart from uh, one man Cristiano Ronaldo who's got some goals he I was just looking at his stats I couldn't believe actually he's played 35 full 90s or or 3186 minutes this season which is an awful lot for a 37 year old 24 goals uh three assists so you know it's not a bad performance
4: yeah i mean it's it's good i mean he he didn't get the goals in the way that i thought he was going to get the goals i thought there would be sancho on the right rashford on the left and he'd be scoring goals from from cutbacks from balls like going quickly across the face yeah. And then some headers from Sancho crossing. That was rough. And, and from Shaw on the other side. That was what I was expecting. Almost none of that happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he scored a few bangers from outside the box, didn't he? Quite a few of those. And... More than I thought, actually. Yeah. Because
4: one of the things that we obviously learned watching him the first time was that he takes
0: a lot of shots from yeah. around outside the box, but scores very rarely. Yeah. But he takes a lot of shots so it was in the margin of error he just overperforms his xg across all competitions. so which is to say he takes a lot of shots and a lot of low value shots and scores them and he's still a brilliant finisher
4: yeah the, he's the first goal. i mean I, I say brilliant finisher is i think a little bit strong the thing yeah. with him is it's that mind over matter thing. Like, I don't think... He's not as good a finisher as Van Nistelroen was, I don't think. Or as, he's not as good at one-on-ones as Eric was or as Ole was. But he's just... It's more the all-round. He has, he has just He's so good at so many things that it enables him to get a lot of chances and to take a good proportion of them. It, I think it's more, it's more of that. Like, he's not... He's Obviously, he's the greatest goal scorer that football's ever seen. I don't sure. think he's the greatest footballer, the greatest finisher that football's ever seen
0: or any, anywhere near it. Right. right, no, I think I think that's fair. And then the rest of his game is, I mean, I, I guess we could judge it relative to his like his age. He shouldn't really be playing at the top. There's very few players who at 37 are still scoring this many goals. I thought, yeah, so the and goal then... that
4: he scored against Newcastle, the first goal, yeah. I thought, aha. Because one of the things that we saw last season from United, I thought, was that they scored so
0: many bangers, yeah, and so few scuffs, tap-ins, yeah. and headers. It was all about those brilliant moments, wasn't it? And and we thought we'd get more of a team this season, and we definitely yeah, yeah I
4: thought we'd yeah. still get the counters and the brilliance, but we'd also get get some get some get some scrappy goals, more more scrappy goals, and more strikers goals, and like more goals at the front post and. Obviously, we weren't able to put the ball in the, in the, in the front face. <laughs> Very so, awesome. so we lost
0: the brilliant goals and uh, didn't get any of the team goals either. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So,
4: yeah, we didn't. We didn't.
0: And I
4: guess when we signed Ronaldo, I thought, well, he wasn't someone I had coveted. Even if you take away the rate, he wasn't, yep. he, which overrides any kind of footballing ability that anyone would could ever have. Yep. But I thought that... He just, in really basic terms, I just thought, well, he's an upgrade on Cavani and he'll be
0: available more often. Yeah, well, that's and that's proven true. Yeah. And look, the, the criticism of him, and like I guess I had two criticisms. One one is meaningful and the other isn't. Like, So the first one is he's not very tactically disciplined. So he started to roam all around the pitch. And, and that period between sort of January and March when he wasn't scoring goals was when he was doing that the most and you could say well that's because he he wants to make up for the deficiencies in the team and i suppose some of that's true get between the width of the post mate yeah yeah exactly yeah and i think he may have scored even more goals if he'd just uh been within the width of the post and and then the second one which is less meaningful and we talked about it a little bit on last week's show is is the ability to play with the style of football that Ragnick wanted and was never able to impose press from the front and, and so Ragnick got caught like trying to wanting to do that and not being able to do it and not having the place to do it so, so I mean I still think that I mean,
4: it, I mean it obviously helps if you're trying to press from the front and you've got Carl's Tethers scurrying about or whoever. I mean, when they used to actually call it defending from the front, not pressing, the person who was most famous for it was Ian Rush. You you can do it like that, but for someone like Ronaldo, it's not impossible for him to block a passing lane. It's not not always about running around like a nutter, chasing down the goalkeeper like a dog running after pigeons or whatever
0: yes not... you can counter press or you can just be in the the right place to make it difficult to play out from the back For sure. yeah
4: especially yeah. if you've got fullbacks there are ways of doing it. like i think yeah. i think madrid did it with marcelo basically but they got marcelo further forward shutting down shutting down the left side and that means Ronaldo now can yeah. just block a passing lane so if if it's organized properly i, I don't think it's impossible to press with Ronaldo if all the other players if all the other players are doing it and it's done in
0: concert. So Sure. Um, if you look at the if you take an XY graph of high High ball recoveries and counter pressing actions united in the bottom left hand corner. So, and we played half the season with the father of gingham precedent, which is pretty damning if you're just going to take that very narrow view of the the world. So, Ragnit wasn't able, or the players weren't willing, or some combination of the both. Anyway, so that's one criticism, and it'll be for. I, it was really notable that I thought in Ten Hag in all his sort of introductory comments the press conference and his interview with the on the podcast and interview the united official podcast says and his interview with mutv just went on and on about i want a high pressing attacking creative manchester united way football team i was like okay it, maybe he hasn't watched this lot very often <laughs> good luck with that all mate <laughs> yeah good luck yeah eric 10 months coming up i'd say if he's uh he's gonna try and do that with these players but anyway that's ronaldo and and look um as you say taking away the personal stuff and he's sort of I, I don't really like the personality and the uh, allegation of rape is really fucking serious and we need to take that really seriously taking away all of that he's been just about a net positive in terms of the goals, and I, I do wonder where United would have been if he hadn't scored the goals. Yeah, yeah, um,
4: I would. Dis- I think that even though I was advocating on this very pod that he should be dropped when he had that crap period. Yep. I can't. He's been United's Player of the Year by miles and miles. It it's um. It's disgraceful that it yeah. is so <laughs> that playing at the level that he has played at this season makes a United's Player of the Year by miles and miles but he is and it isn't close, I don't think, unless I'm forgetting someone. I always used to forget Ashley Young played for United, when Ashley Young played for United. <laughs> I'd like, be like, when we'd be talking, who we, who should we play in this one? Oh yeah, I, well, fuck the guy Ashley Young, or do we really? Unless I'm forgetting someone who has had an outstanding season, Ronaldo's been United's best player if, by if far. If the
0: season stopped in January, Dave might have come into it, but after that, his numbers are awful. They're and the thing
4: with him, he frustrates me so much because the stuff that he's shit at, there's just no reason to be shit at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, like someone like Henderson who you're never going to have De Gea's reactions and it doesn't matter. Yep. Like how much you big yourself up and how much shouting you do and how many bad caps you wear and how, and that, it just is never going to, it's not possible. But just like talk,
0: talking. I mean, well, he's got to talking in the press. <laughs> so let's move like one step <laughs> towards talking on the pitch. Other oh. forwards, Anthony Langer. I mean, sort of, I mean, 27 games this season across all comps, probably more than he thought he was going to get. And uh, we got three goals and two assists. So I don't know whether the return is particularly good, really. But his breakthrough season. And I guess the question is can he move on from here? Does he have the tools? What's the ceiling? I'm not convinced it's particularly high, but it's, uh, no. he's been a net positive coming into the squad at least. I I hate to say it
4: because he he's so likable yeah. he he's so obviously wants it. He's doing every you can tell. That he's one of those lads who's doing everything he can to make yep. it at United, and I have a lot of respect for that. But he's not. Danny Welbeck was a much better player at the same age, and he wasn't, in the end, good enough for United. Yeah. Rashford was yeah. Rashford was miles better at the same age. Miles better, Marciano, yeah. mi- Miles yeah. better at the same age. Yeah. And again, it's like sim- similar in a way to what I just said about Tegheia, that the things, he's, the, the things he's bad at, it's the other side of that coin. It, the things he's bad at, you shouldn't be bad at them by now, or because you should never have been bad at them. Like, the best footballers... The first touch, the composure, the composure. Okay, actually, I'll take that back slightly about the composure. The composure you can learn. Ronaldo got mu- is a good example. Got much better in front of goal, much better, as, yeah, as, as, as he got older. But the the, the yeah, it's the first, it's the first touch. Like you like the snatching at things, the slight panic. Like yes, you can get better at that. But the ability to get involved in in the play because you. You're killing the ball when it comes to you, and yeah. not letting it run away from you when you're running with it. That that in in, in a striker, you might see a defender or, or a midfielder improve as they as they develop, but with a striker like your that that should be there right now, and it should have been there when you were seven.
0: Yes, I mean, and and Regnick called him out and basically said he needs the ball in front of him. He just needs to run with it into space, and that makes him a limited player for sure. Anthony Martial. <laughs> Eleven games, four starts, one goal. Hopefully, never plays for the club again. I guess uh, if United can find a buyer, not that I, I like to have some beef with Martial. I, I wish he'd become the player we all wanted him to be when he scored that goal against Liverpool. Yeah, I mean he he
4: he ha he has ability, but the I I don't know. I could be making this up when I say this, but it's always seems to me like him and Luke Shaw got to here just basically on talent yeah it didn't ever seem that they were in phenomenal physical shape or had really like thought really hard about how to be good yeah they just they were just talented so they got a long way obviously they'd sacrificed as kids i'm not saying they'd do anything but they didn't seem like really focused driven sportsmen who would do anything to get to where they wanted to get to yeah. And it's a shame with Martial, because he has a lot of the raw materials. But ultimately, I mean, he did and he did really well in that first season, scoring loads of goals in a team that was deliberately trying not to score them. But other
0: than that, he was just good when no one else was fit after lockdown and there were no yeah. crowds. It will be interesting to see whether United can get it by, because his time at Sevilla has been a total disaster. I'm sure that someone will take him for nothing or for very little with United paying some wages I don't know yeah but that's it 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 may well end up being alone again somewhere to get his career back on track I mean he's got to want it as well and uh, with Shaw I mean what I'd heard from people around him was that he had lost a lot of focus and had a sort of group of people around him that weren't helping that Martial I don't think that's been the same it's it's up to him, really, to really to really want to work hard. I mean, in a way, actually, in retrospect,
4: Marshall, I was pleased when he went on loan. But in the back of my mind, there was, is he going to play himself out a permanent move? Yeah, it and you might, might well have done. It might so. have actually been better to hang on to him, not play him or play him if you needed to play him. And then try and get rid of him on a permanent move this summer. The loan probably didn't work out properly in the end. Well,
0: and that's the risk marcus rashford i mean it, it's uh can't help but think when marcus that uh, it's got to work with ten Hag. i mean he's now had two seasons so this season just gone i don't know what the co- root cause of his problems here is i'm pretty sure it's not feeding hungry kids <laughs> yeah he's too he's too focused on helping kids to have meals footballers have a lot of spare time so much spare time i mean the worst case scenario is they do a double session which is four hours of work per day, and they won't do those every day, and they definitely don't, so maybe some video analysis, but you know they're they're not famed for having a long period and of this concentration. is one of the things that
4: people people off usually they get battered on this from the other side, like they've got too much spare time, they're just sitting there playing video games or whatever they people or gambling or whatever it is, yep. so they don't know how to spend their time, they know how to spend their money, and that's what gets them into trouble. You then have this bloke that says no so. No, I'm doing this. And then he starts playing. He plays badly. And somehow it's because of the fact that he's spending some time, probably not that much time, helping th-
0: kids get fed instead of what would else would he be doing? Yeah, exactly. He's not, not productive. And I'm sure... I'm very, very certain here that, uh, so my reaction is partly to do with the story that came out this week and saying that the club had asked him to stop doing this. I'm quite sure they didn't ask him to stop doing sponsor-related work, which all the players have in their contract (laughs) and And they they all all have to do. And and they all have to flog noodles or whatever the fuck it is. I'm quite sure the club didn't say, no, no, Marcus, we want you to go hit the gym or whatever it is. Kick some balls against the wall. <laughs> Please don't flog this crap for us. I'm sure they didn't do that. Anyway, on the pitch, it's been a disaster this season. It really I, has. I, I mean... I, I don't know why. I ha- can't put my finger on it. I, like the season before, I could say, well, he had the shoulder injury and he had the foot injury and he played through a lot of pain. And he had and injections he, and he, all he of that. he
4: returned a lot of goals and assists in big games still. Yeah. I remember before before last season started, I felt like it was a really big season for him. If he had if he had, had a bad season then you would have had to have thought this, he's probably not going to be quite good enough. And then he did, then he had, he had two good seasons. Basically there's the season yep. of the pandemic. And then last season he was crap in the second half of it. But even then I remember like, was that game in Europe? There's an, an away game again. Game. Did you play, not Roma. Did you play an Italian team before we played Roma? Or no, no, it was Granada. That was who it was. And it was Grenada. just devastating, okay. devastatingly bad in the first half. And then after about half an hour, there's a ball over the top, perfect control, brilliant finish. We definitely don't see that. It's shocking, yeah. No, no, and that just went... That just, that just that just, totally vanished this season. But, I mean, he'll know more than anyone that this is it, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, if he... he is apparently starting preseason early with a personal training camp and in the States. So hopefully that's training and not on the beach in Miami. But,
4: but I, I don't so... care if he's on the beach in Miami because it's not, I wasn't really watching it thinking he's not fit. Yeah. I was watching it thinking something is preventing him from realizing his best self and giving everything he's got. And I don't, I didn't, I don't feel like his fitness. So, I mean, maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll help get his mind right. There's no confidence
0: with the ball either though. Yeah. So
4: maybe that will help him feel better in himself, but it's not, it's not in and of itself. A cure because the problem—it's
0: not what the problem was. Yeah. So, uh, so he he got five goals and two assists across thirty-two games this season. I mean, that's—it's
4: not—it's yeah. not even the numbers, although the numbers are devastatingly bad. It's the fact that he was absolutely useless in almost every game.
0: Yeah, yeah. He gets the ball and you just like—it's he's going to lose it here, and he did invariably. And the other thing the is,
4: he. His place in the in the team is probably gone, because sure. it just does,
0: eighteen starts this season. It
4: does seem a lot so, like Sam Because also he was he was starting on the right because what obviously yep. happened was Ranit decided that Sancho was better up than he was on the left and wanted to yep. play on the left, and he wasn't prepared to compromise Sancho and put him on the right in order to get Rashford in.
0: Yeah. So and now for the third season running, United could do with a someone to play off the <laughs> a right, right winger. Yeah, I mean, I've no, I mean, I've no idea what's going to happen though. I mean, I, I, I mean it seems down the priority list. Given I mean, that there I are guess a, a bunch of forwards, you might but... be
4: more inclined to play Sancho there if you had a decent right back. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true, uh, and that will definitely be addressed. So Sancho, let's talk about Sancho then. So, so hit the problem 38 games. Is... Yeah, go on, go on. Give, give us his numbers. No, no. Okay, give us 38 games, 27 starts, five goals, three assists across across all competitions and that's about on par with xg as well so and he would have got double figures in both of those at dortmund the season before when he started quietly so I, I the bundesliga tax in sancho's case was very high. so you'd imagine he'll come back under ten Hag, who plays the kind of system he'll be used to that he'll come back and, and be much stronger for it. Yeah, You'd but hope, anyway. but
4: that's interesting what you say that he'll be much stronger for it because he needs to be much stronger physically, I think. One right. of the things with Sancho playing on the right that I wondered about him before is does he quite have the pace to get on the outside? Sure, and it's I not don't even about, think he does necessarily. Yeah. And it's not even yeah. about getting on the outside that often. It's about being able to threaten going yep. on the outside if you need to and I think that it, it was really evident, particularly against Atletico, where he he was on the left and then their good defenders were on the left as well. And I don't understand why he didn't get a goal on the right at some point. But mm. he's not a small bloke, Sancho, and I think there's quite a lot of room for him to develop physically. I mean, he can't—he's only had that much quicker, but I think he can get more stocky and solid because he is—he's he, not—he's not a little guy, and I think that he can get—he can get more powerful. Because the ideal thing, obviously, is that he plays on the right, and uh, Rashtra plays, and a rejuvenated Rashford plays on the left. But I mean, if it turns out that Sancho, I mean, I can see why Sancho is better on the left because he's someone. He's not a winger, really. He's sort of an auxiliary playmaker. He's an inside forward or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So that in that circumstance, you want him coming in. You want him coming in field on his on his stronger foot and you also want him linking up with the midfield again so the left is probably a better fit for him but i mean he he's a very very talented
0: player sam yeah um i think if you play him on the left next season in the kind of formation that ten Hag will likely play he'll he'll probably have a very good season or at least a better one because Um, he wants at least united with a much bigger problem on the right obviously you
4: want him to because what 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 ten Hag's system and trying to do generally with football I mean it doesn't need to be a system just competence is you're trying to create overloads and and if them and in order to do that you've got to move the ball properly which they were unable to do under Rangnick yeah not just because of him because they didn't have players that were able to do it but once you're doing that then if you're getting Sancho one-on-one with someone the pace and the strength matter a bit less because one-on-one it's he's got the trickery and he's got momentum running with the ball if you get the ball when you're moving it's much easier to to beat a man when it's one on one than when you're getting the ball you're standing still yes and and there's four of them around you then that's sure. a problem yeah. Yeah, so yeah. being able to move the ball around better and work work the overloads in a in a better manner will give Sancho a much better shot of being good but yeah he is good but also, the other thing with Sancho, and I said it back to him also being not a small bloke, he should be winning balls at the back post.
0: Uh, and he might well do. I, I mean, he, he certainly had an aerial presence at Dortmund. So uh, guy with an aerial presence, but we basically never saw it this season was Edison Cavani. So 20 matches played, 8 starts, 10.2 full 90s for his about £13 million this season. Two goals. And one assist. (laughs) That bloke. (laughs) Uh, Lots of nice walks in the pig district. Yes, he looks good on a horse and his hair is fantastic. And he's got a, you know, he's got a good Instagrammable celebration for his two goals. this season. (laughs) It it, it didn't work. Uh, And it's not unsurprising, really. His injury record in the last three seasons at Paris Saint-Germain was pretty terrible as well. So United paid a heavy price for for that and and confirmed this week he's definitely going I mean it's not a surprise is it so yeah I mean I think I
4: read somewhere this week that his nose was put out of joint well I guess it sort of was out of joint already but by (laughs) Ronaldo turning up because he felt like he definitely wouldn't play with Ronaldo and obviously he's not getting picked ahead of Ronaldo which I mean I can understand that like they talk you into staying and then they sign someone to go in front of you but I wouldn't necessarily make a connection between that happening and getting pissed off and therefore he decided not to
0: play ever. Which it seems like no one's actually said that, but uh, no one's actually denied it either. Basically, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. But I think I would always balk at saying that about yeah. anyone unless I was really sure it was true. Because yeah, yeah. that be like, he's a serious professional in the same way that when we signed him, like, people were saying, "Right, oh, he's just coming for a payday. What are you talking about? Like This guy is yeah. a serious professional who has played at a high level for many, many years. The idea that he's suddenly going to decide he's just coming to take a paycheck and can't be asked anymore, it was not and in I keeping. And I definitely don't think it's that. No, it was not in keeping with what I thought I knew about Cavani before he came. Yeah, he came. It wasn't like that. And so to then decide what well, actually he's just pissed off to derwent water in the lake or wherever i can't um for, <laughs> beautiful for the, part of the country yeah, for the rest for the rest of the season is not the case and similarly i mean i know it didn't look good when rannick allowed him to stay in uruguay but if he's not fit yeah. you think that samara and R with his family might bring him back in a better frame of mind to do something for you then yeah i I think that's okay it's the kind of thing that they always look like great man management
0: when fergie did it because the players then came back and gave him something i think the the challenge for martial and i think the fairer way of putting it is that he much like anthony martial has a sense of his body and doesn't want to take risks and and other players will run through it and sometimes that's to their detriment I mean, Harry Maguire played a half a season with a hip injury and taking injections and uh, he wasn't any better um, for
4: it, really. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, yeah, played half a season Sorry. with half a brain as well. And, yeah, where, well, where that's where we true. Are now. <laughs>
0: Mason Greenwood. I, I mean, I, like, obviously... Yeah, I I don't really, and I I no idea whether we'll ever see him in a United shirt again, or whether I really want him to, given what we heard and saw. But that's to, that's to judge something it's not my place to do. I think but, it's um, I think
4: I think it's unlikely. Yeah, I don't think we're we'll I don't think we're seeing that. Like, I don't think we're yeah, seeing. Yeah,
0: and given the timeframes, we it's it's very unlikely that he's going to see a court date anytime soon, and a conviction will almost certainly mean he never plays for the club again. They'll fire him. What I would say, what I would what. What I would say about Greenwood is that the impact of the Greenwood thing on the rest of the squad should not be underestimated. Sure, yeah, and I think that's fair. Yeah, we and we haven't heard from anyone on that, which is, of course, very sensible. I'm sure they had a briefing from the United's lawyers to keep the yeah, keep yeah it to, shut. to say
4: nothing. But because if you think that for some of them he's a mate, for some of them he's someone they thought they were trying to bring along, like the older the older lads, and look after. I would imagine that all of that squad were extremely shaken by that, by, by what they discovered. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that it's something that is easily shaken off.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair. A couple of kids we didn't see anything of, really. Ahmad, nothing, saw nothing of him while well, he had the injury, so nothing of those him. Those deals that and United did, yeah. Ahmad, Tree. Yeah. And I mean, Van der Beek for 80-odd million for the three of those.
4: Yeah. I mean... Ahmad and Pulisri in particular, because I just assumed when we signed Amad that he was just someone they were absolutely certain was going to be brilliant. Because otherwise, how can you justify that money when you don't have the money for what you actually want?
0: It, it's, it, it seems absolutely mad. And I don't know who signed off on it, whether that's a, a Murtar inspired signing or other, other, other analysts. But yeah, 20, 20 plus 20, that deal is... And uh, well, it doesn't look like United will pay the other twenty. If if, if his uh, half a season at Rangers is then go by, he's a long way off playing for the United first team. And and Palestri too, who's been um, in and out of the Alaves side, scored an amazing goal for Uruguay. But what's weird about Ahmad? What's
4: weird about Ahmad is that he got on the pitch against Milan and scored a brilliant, you original and crucial goal. Yep, and yet. I mean this was what like when, when United needed a goal against Villarreal, or they refused to bring him on. I I remember the time, this wasn't because I I mean I had to hope that I hoped that Ahmad would be good, but it's like we said with the strikers that Rani wouldn't use. Sometimes someone gets you a goal, even if they're yep. not that good, as Ahmad had already done in that same tournament. And yep. yet refused to bring him on. But yeah, Ahmad looks might turn out to be one of the worst pieces of business in the history.
0: Well, we've had quite a few of those in recent years. What What do we need next season? Then I mean, this is a review show, but uh, we, we, they get they're going to have to get another forward, yeah. Surely, yeah, uh, definitely yeah. a
4: forward. And obviously, the difficulty with the forward is that obviously Ronaldo is still useful, but if you're trying to inc- if you're trying to inculcate a particular way of playing you're trying to buy the striker who is going to play in the way that you want to play. Yeah. And whoever it is, let's say it's Darwin Nunez, who I haven't seen very much of, uh, which means that I should, I'm going to pontificate about him on the internet at some point. But what I mean, it's going to be someone who isn't like Ronaldo. So you're trying to, you're trying to bed in this new way of playing, but your striker that you just bought, whoever it is, and you've got Ronaldo who is something different, but... I, th- I guess there'll be some kind of interregnum where it's both of them, whoever it is. I mean, because the thing is also, if you don't get Darwin Nunez, who I don't even know how good he is or if he's good enough, I've no idea
0: who it would be if it wasn't him. Sure. Well, yes, like anyone who's got a. who we think is good enough to take United into the Champions League, right? Because that's got to be the goal and, and of Champions League standard. It's going to A, cost a lot of money of, I imagine, is not a huge budget and not a huge budget with an increment of not very much from sales. <laughs> <laughs> because where's that coming from? And he's, he's going to have that problem of sharing duties with Ronaldo and, and we'll see whether Ten Hag can manage that or not because that's an interesting problem to manage. So I wouldn't uh, be worried about almost any of the other United managers on that particular issue. Ten Hag, I don't know, he's fresh, I mean- fresh off the boat.
4: Yeah, and yeah, I guess there's also Gonacho, another left winger. <laughs> just, just what we need.
0: All right, that's it. That's the forwards. Uh, you know, it's a problem area, but then so is midfield and <laughs> defence, and, 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 and goalkeeper, and coaching, and <laughs> analytics, and scouting, and the business side of things. So yeah, apart from those things, we're doing all right. Looking forward to it.